phone should be ringing any minute with this message. There it is now. What? What? What are you up to, Jerry? Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen. One second, Paul Bearer. I've got to find out something. Please let us know that you have a touchtone phone by pressing the one button now. If you Hello! Hello! Hello, birthday girl! This is Paul Bear. My undertaker asked me to call you and give you a special message because he dug up the news that it's your birthday! Here he comes now from the depths of the darkness to try and shed some light on your special day! You know who's also in it? Uh, Alfa Molina. Yes, but also the Mexican Taichi, Diego Luna. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We can't start the podcast off talking about... I mean, I hit record somewhere in the middle of there, but we can't start the podcast off with us talking about Julie Tamer's Frida. Um, no, no, very and various Taichis. The Taichis. I, I like more... that. I like that plot thread. I like the idea that there's there's a, a Taichi of every color. Um, I think that's nice. I think that's very uh, very woke of you. Um, yeah, oh well, shit! Just... I gotta. I, I I have to. I'll be right back. I let's scratch it all from the record. I'll be right back. I'm so sorry. All I, right. I've forgotten a very important thing. <laughs> I'm the, all right, I'll, I'll be back in a moment. Too. Okay, okay. But... Oh, shit! Fuck! Oh, boy. Boy? Are you here? I'm here. I got back. Okay. I just went and had some mudgy. I went to the bathroom. Had some water, had some jelly beans. That's great. I uh, stu- I I had to go get my uh, my my vape thing, and I, uh, I you know I hit did reco- you I hit record a minute ago, um, and so it's got so I I did that. I stood up, and I uh, I guess my cord was wrapped around my twenty ounce uh, glass of uh, ice and vodka from Sam's Club members mark store brand vodka and uh, Lacroix. Uh, no, uh, pample. You know, I mean. Flavor. And so you I've know, got I've got a mess I've got a bit of a mess here. It feels like my birthday today. Does it? <laughs> Welcome because to wrestling is mess. gross. My name is Bucky. It's my, it's my birthday today. <laughs> Hell yeah, bitch! Happy birthday, bitch! It's not. It's not. It'll be my birthday when this gets posted. It is my uh, my shot day. I got my oh ra- nice round one of the Moderna COVID nineteen vaccine. I got it. I ain't, yeah. I, I ain't getting. I ain't getting shit. I, it must be like you. I was I was shocked when they when like so they sent around a thing that was like right, if you're interested sign up here, um and you know the whole thing and and then I would like quietly criticize all the people who just didn't have their names in a list that I had seen like 
already were talked to about it. And if they didn't sign, fuck you. Um, and then I, I, I don't know. It's, that was like two, three weeks ago. And then Friday, uh, my boss just hands me like a fucking envelope, middle envelope that's got my appointment time and f- forms to fill out. And I was just like, I, I said to him, is this for real? <laughs> and then he said, uh, how do I sound okay? Let's make sure. You Welcome. sound fine. You sound fine, buddy. Welcome to Wrestling is Gross. My name is fucking episode 50-something. 53. 53. It feels like my birthday today. Um, I, yeah, it is 53, yes. 53. I'm 53 years old today. Yeah. Um, I've just spilled vodka all over myself. Um, did I even... Oh, I was going to say, did I forget that? That is actually... what a 53-year-old would do, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Like, I, I thought mm-hmm. I forgot to even grab my... Oh, I didn't fill it up. I don't have... I gotta go get juice here in a minute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I can make an edit. It's fine, man. It's just... uh... Uh, Yeah, no. So I didn't... I I should say I I had the shot uh, about... What is that? Four... uh, Four and a half hours ago. Four and a half-ish hours ago. Um, I think... I believe it was administered at uh, uh, 7.49 Eastern Standard Time. So we're looking at about four and a half hours ago. And I I do feel like I'm running a mild fever. And I'm having... uh, uh, very very mild case of delirium, but I think that could be chalked up to any number of things and things that have happened to me, things that I've done to myself. Um, but that's my that's your that's your the <laughs> COVID nineteen vaccine update for March ninth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, my uh, vaccine update is that uh, it finally got here to to the Delco. To okay, Delco. it's around, and it's just uh, I'm just not I don't know the fuck I'm gonna get it. I was just like, fuck, I had to run back to my room to get my fucking phone because I forgot that I put left my phone in there. I was like, I wonder if they updated my fucking paycheck for this weekend. And it's like, no, they're having it. And it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, you need to you need to go back to being unplugged. I, I think, you know. I mean, I did it with, uh, here's what I did. I had my, you know, I, I literally take with the headset on. And in the laptop, I just because I don't have a laptop plugged in right now, uh, the charger because you guys are shit. I don't need it. Oh god, mine just, mine died during one walked. of the matches. You better be careful. Mine died. I was watching Triple H get his spoilers, but I was watching Triple H get his uh, shit pushed in, his, his fudge packed in. I got I got <laughs> and my a, computer died. I, I got three hours. I'm gonna go to Best Buy. Mine said I had an hour fifteen, but it fucking it died after like twenty eight. I was like, "What are you counting the numbers for?" Like when I'm when the when it's paused on Triple H or when Triple H is bleeding? Like wh- Triple H, we're gonna talk about when Triple H starts more. Triple H, I mean, when Triple H starts bleeding, you know, yeah, the is contrast uh, it, on the screen it like really drains the. I mean, it is it is like it you know there's a cryptic nature to when Triple H starts bleeding, but that's not here nor there. So what yeah. is this episode, Bucky? I don't know. I, you know what? I really don't know. I had a bunch of no, ideas. I know I had a bunch of ideas. There were, there, were, there were a few different ideas that I was... Because the idea is that the birthday... You've done two of them and I've done zero of them because I decided I couldn't do it and I didn't care and I didn't want to and we were only going to be able to record on an episode anyways. And well, you... also, yeah, well, I mean, the first week, I think 20... I don't know, man. Oh, let's not I, go. It does Nobody seem like... cares. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's just like... I don't you got to do for birthday, if you can, an episode. Just first ones that come to mind. That's it. That's yeah, what, well, that, so that, yeah, that's I, what, I, that's I thought really hard represents. about it, and I think we've designed an episode that I really want to do, which is called "Very Storytelling." Uh, "Very Storytelling" is the name of the episode. It's called "Very Storytelling." It's about uh, uh, matches with very storytelling with 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 very much and a lot, and where it's like you know the the the, 
the artist with the paintbrush and it's you know your Shawn Michaels versus HBK and then the modern Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels versus HBK Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair um Shawn Michaels versus himself would be one but Shawn Michaels and God versus the McMahons or whatever you know like matches where it's like it's this match is uh entirely based on the you know it's a hundred percent script and it gets to Douglas Douglas Cirk levels of melodrama melodrama like we're we go so deep on some of that stuff. It's like go. It's like far from heaven, you know. I knew uh, you were going far from. Well, heaven. Yeah, I said Douglas yeah. Sirk, and then I decided I had to go a little more modern. <laughs> yeah. Nobody to the knows. modern ad- version of the yeah, Sirk like, move like down to the Technicolor stylings. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do. They don't think... have good melodrama anymore. It's fucked. They, well, they got Triple H. That's the thing. That's the idea well, for the yeah. episode is Triple H and HBK, and I guess Ric Flair, direct descendant from you know. Um, his stuff was a little more pure, but you know that's what happens. Is it's gotten diluted over the over the years. The, the the idea of the emotional main event epic, you know, and we we the the sort of the peak of it, I guess for me. I, and the match I wanted to do, and I talked about it last time, and I said I was going to make you watch it for the birthday. Um, was Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa? I believe I don't know what year it is. It's the it's the twenty eighteen. It's the takeover from New Orleans, twenty eighteen. Um, it was one of the hottest weekends of wrestling ever. Like all of this, all the fucking uh, evolve, like the Gabe plus GCW shows that ran in that big weird building, the spring break that happened there. Um, you know, you remember that weekend? Yes, it's great. Yes. And, and then they also had you know Luke, what, what, Lucas Haas, is that right? <laughs> Luke Hawks, <laughs> Luke Hawks, yeah, Luke Hawks yeah, from the, the Pussy Russell Posse, shit. yeah, yeah, the, from uh, I can't think of any. What, what movies was Lucas Haas in? Doesn't matter. He's an exception. I know that. <laughs> Uh, uh he's in something i just watched he's, I don't in, every, what, he's in a ton of 90s shit um no luke hawks's ring got rented out to tna and lucha crash and that whole weekend you know we had blood sport oh hello sorry i gotta get something something. she's gotta get something she's gotta get hi some emily <clears throat> tell your wife uh, hi. siobhan says hello hi that's very nice okay but now but now now i just was like my fucker <laughs> what are the matches that it's like we, we okay so we know the one that we already talked about, which the is very storytelling. Like, let's get down to like the fucking gist. What is the Bucky origin? Well, the, so then... that's that's what we that's what we're supposed to do. I want to do very storytelling as like that's. I know it's probably too Chris and Kevin or whatever, but I do feel like Johnny Gargano sometimes, and I I I want to I want to explore maybe even just that trilogy. I I need I haven't ever seen the other two matches because I genuinely love oh, that man. that Gargano oh. Champa match where they were oh. dressed in the plain clothes and it's got the like he power bombs him on the concrete and shit. I loved that match. And it was like right at the tipping point where right after that everything was fucked. Everything was just fucked forever. No, they're dressed in that. That's the unsanctioned. You're talking that the, the New Orleans match there in their gear. The Chicago match is the street fight where they're wearing I'm the plain clothes. The Chicago match. I don't fuck. The one. It's the it's the good one. Whatever the good one is. Chicago is pretty good, and then has a really stupid pretty ending. Good. Uh, Brooklyn. That's the, the stupid... worst. Ma- that's one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Okay, I don't know. Those are all very cool towns. Uh, <laughs> I, I I respect. Uh, I rep these cities. Uh, okay, Jim DeRogatis. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, no, I, I think it's an interesting episode. But yeah, so I, 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 I dipped back into the uh, what the episode is supposed to be about. Um, and I do think Champa Champa Gargano, the first the first playing clothes one. I think it would. I think that's <clears throat> that's such an important match to me because it is the tipping point where I. I, got, I, I that was the end of me being able to wa- like watch that type of match. Um, but yeah, I decided to dig back. So we're doing. Um, we're going to do that at some point in the future. And today we're going to do, I only picked three, because we're pressed for time. We're doing this at noon on a Tuesday. Um, 
because that's the only this is an emergency episode basically right yeah this is a now or never our work schedule is not die. combined for shit right now. You uh, got, yeah, you can't front hard. We got to do or die in this one. So this is this is uh, this is rolling with the punches. You know, it's not a mini sode. It's a mega sode in a mini sode format. Um, I actually just probably probably go two and a half three hours. But what do you think? <laughs> I mean, there's gonna be a lot of us just talking about bullshit that doesn't make it, that doesn't matter. Like just going sure. through like what movies have you seen? No, what we're do not you gonna think do that. This? I'm I'm, okay. I'm gonna say this to you right now. I watched Thor: The Dark World yesterday, and uh, it's fine. It's, you know, whatever. It's fine by me. Um, I'll give you. I don't want your... I don't want the podcast to be as long as Thor: The Dark World. That's the okay. Point. I'll give you one movie I watched though. Oh Jesus Christ! Do it real no, quick. No. Do it fast. Spring Breakers. Yeah. Four yeah. and a half stars. Spring Break Forever. Yes. Yeah, all right. Yes. Harm. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yes. Great. We're, we're, Jeff right, Jarrett's see, there. I'm nodding Wrestling. with my entire body right now. <laughs> connection. Did you know that Jeff Jarrett is credited as Jeffrey Jarrett on Letterboxd? Uh, that's his screen actors. It's a SAG. You, he probably, there really was a, funny. There was another <laughs> Jeff. Turns out it was his dad. He couldn't be Jeff. He had to be Jeffrey. He wasn't going to be Junior. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, well, Jerry, uh, so it's his world. You know? It's his planet. It's, yeah. Um, God, an we, we gotta anyway. watch fucking Jared at some point. Next year birthday episode, all Jared. Um, oh, Jeff Jared kicks ass. I picked three matches from a four-year span. Uh, they're all very important to me. We're gonna start with the one we already talked about briefly: Triple H versus Cactus Jack. Okay. Um, this is from Royal Rumble. I believe it's January twenty-third, two thousand. Um, we are in Madison Square Garden, so we have the cool set. Yeah. Sometimes we had the cool set, sometimes we didn't. Fuck, um, build the set around the ramp. The ramp was the ramp that that was like the yeah. fucking tunnel the tunnel was the shit. I, the MSG tunnel classic. I think we I think we get there in a minute. Um because I think it, it factors so much into the match that we, we can actually talk about it in the context of the match because it is it is very interesting. Yes. Um and MSG had that this. had changed. They changed like the entire layout and the way the seats were arranged in MSG later on, and then that that it, they, that wasn't even a thing anymore. The way no, that, it's yeah. it's gone. Yeah, it's that gone. hallway or whatever that tunnel. But yeah, let's we'll get there. Um, this was we my talked favorite. about that set sl- before. We have we did because we did uh, a fucking another match for this show. But we can talk a second with, uh, yeah. time we've done uh, two matches from one show ever, yeah. and that's that's important. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Royal Rumble two thousand and Cage of Death five. Honestly, um, those are the big ten shows. shows the yeah, the two, I think they're the two greatest shows, of, the two greatest American wrestling shows of all time. Oh. <laughs> Um, I don't think I know any other match from Cage of Death Five. <laughs> dude, dude, you're really gonna you're really gonna do this to me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know matches from Royal Rumble 2000, but Trent Acid oh, versus Jimmy Rave. Oh God, there's okay. so much. Sounds good. There's so much. Sounds good. I like those guys. Jimmy Rave is great. Did he? He lost an arm, right? Yeah. Did we ever he talk ain't about that? Back. that? No, that's no. Hard. What we need is Christoph Waltz to find his body and turn him into. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Battle Angel, <laughs> Battle Angel Jimmy. <laughs> Um, if only, if only, <laughs> if I had, I would buy that for a dollar. He's a pretty, pretty boy. Uh, well, not now. It's it's Robocop's like ass. Now, they still. should fucking make him a cyborg. He wrestled kind of like a, he was like kind of a, I don't know. We could do something with Jimmy. Oh, well, when he was on all the pills? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, God, we could, we could do something with Jimmy. Let's get in touch with Jimmy Rave. Uh, <laughs> let's just have him on. Let's I just, just want to be his agent. On. I want to fucking, I'm going to get him some jobs. Um, this was my favorite match of all time for like a couple of years. This Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Um, after it happened, so I wasn't. We weren't. I was eleven. Or I was. Oh, I was yeah. about to turn eleven when this, when this happened. So I was just you're, about. You're to turn still 11. ten. Yeah. Um, I was watching TV, 
but I had been on a long stint of WCW. Uh, me and my dad, we both switched, or he switched, and I went, you know, whatever with him. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I've talked about how Goldust was like a tipping point for him. Um, but it wasn't immediate cause I saw a good deal of gold dust. It was, I don't know. I don't know. It was like late 96, early 97. I like, I vaguely remember Bret Hart turning heel and like Undertaker popping out of the ring during that fucking cage match with Sid. Like I remember seeing that when I was eight, but for the most part we had stopped watching WBF and I caught only bits and pieces of, of attitude era stuff until like mid 99. Um, the, the ministry actually brought me back funny enough. Like the, the shit that brought me back was like goth, goth taker, you know? Um, oh, I mean, new metal taker is yeah. so cool. Yeah. I, I, I hold up that we probably should do the big boss man, hell in a cell eventually. Cause it's really actually a great match. You just... said that I haven't, I haven't rewatched, but you said that recently. And I think somebody else was also telling us that, that like, I think that maybe that was what spurred you to watch it. This, I, I it, it's a, it's a match that has become like i think loss says it's like the third best hell in a cell match you know like just i'm not sure how wrong that is yeah it's that's pretty close there's there's i I could be the idea of a top five is not it could is totally possible to me i mean i don't know how many Uh, cell matches there's been i'm gonna say you know probably 50 or 60 at this point there's probably a million yeah probably 10 really good ones um and and i'm not gonna try to one of them is between cactus jack and triple h obviously uh, um, I must have watched that match too, though, and this one like a hundred times because yeah. the, we, we weren't buying the DVD, we weren't buying the uh, the pay per views, and I, but I was watching the TV by this point. Um, WCW was really bad by late '99, as you know. Um, yeah, uh, Vinny Rue. And I think back, it, it was know? like when they took the title away from DDP, and then you know, like they put the title on him and then took it back away from him in the same night. I think that was on a Nitro, and I was just like, "Fuck this! I'm going to watch Stone Cold." Some something like that. That was before Russo. That was a few months before Russo. But I think that was that the one with the Sting match. Yeah, it's it's like April. Oh, uh, that yeah. is bad booking. Even though that match is amazing. The match is great. I love yeah, that match. no, no, no. I know. I've 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 listen. I've I've watched that episode of Nitro on on the network because I needed to fucking um, go after some of. If we're doing this is a bio, biographical show, right? Autobiographical show. Um, that was like, I think one of the very first things I went to, cause I had never watched it and I never bothered to like, I wasn't going to, da- I could go to XBD classics and download a fucking mega pack of, um, every goddamn nitro, but I, why would I do that? Um, but then like the network came up and I like, I went to WCW immediately cause I had so many fond memories of WCW and I watched that one and I watched, uh, the one where Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan for the title, like early. Classic. Yeah. So I, for, I had like a vague memory of that one. Um, Goldberg match is awesome, but I, I don't think I've ever watched it again. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if, actually, I don't know if I've ever rewatched Goldberg versus Hollywood Hogan from 98. <laughs> that's probably that's a good match. Good. I bet I think it's great. the whole match is better from, uh, or, of Big well, the Goldberg. Whole, yeah, the whole, okay. uh, we'll, we'll do, we'll get Paul and we'll talk. Remember. We'll do Podberg. Um, we'll do Podberg. Yeah. I told, as a special gross uh, Yeah, but also, he wants to, he wants to really do it, and so do I. I just gotta find the time. I gotta figure it out. And I wanna do it too, you know, fuck it. Yeah, I'll, you could be, we could be a third, you could be a three-person unit here. I don't know. Let's, we'll, I don't know. Let's talk about it off. We're a big Let's wheel. not talk we're about it on this is we're getting a little too inside baseball here. <laughs> we're talking about Paul. Well, we're, Who's we're Paul? The... Well, he's the co-host of the Bill Podberg Goldcast. Can I get a clean read on you saying the Bill Podberg Goldcast? Yes, the Bill Podberg Goldcast. The Bill Podberg Goldcast. It's going to come back in some. Form. I I've never had a trouble. Never had trouble of saying it. Which I've is funny. Given all the trouble. shit I have trouble saying, you know. Yeah, sure. I, I just stumbled over like ten words there. Sure. Or not. Bill Podberg Goldcast. It's a great name. Sub. I don't know how we came up with the name. I can't. Like I wish. 
Twitter group DMs had better, like, you know, you could archive Had a fucking search. Yeah, yeah, search. Yeah. yeah, search. That would be even a search. Um, all right, so... <clears throat> Again, we didn't buy the pay-per-views, but I would buy the DVDs sometimes. And I think I got this the day it came out at Suncoast Video at the mall. Um, this and... <clears throat> excuse me. I've got a little thing going on here. Um, this and the Cell match from, from No Way Out. And I think that entire No Way Out pay-per-view I watched like a hundred fucking times. There's like, a lot of stuff. There's some those, good shit oh, on there. It's so good. So, all right. So, the video package... So, let's talk about 2000. Uh, WWF because we have and we've done, we've done for this the video of WWF video package right yes definitely and good songs like good good editing that was very much of the time but like you know has a clear vision the video it package feels like something yeah well this one here reminds me that like this wasn't like a long feud that led to this match like this feels like the culmination of a couple months long feud but this is like their first match right they didn't I mean he, I mean, he faced him on SmackDown it's just that... or something. It's that more or less it seemed like they were eternally feuding. Well, yes, yes, going back, but the, this this actual program specifically with Triple H finally on top with Stephanie, um, he had he had uh, taken care of the Big Show. Big Show was done, definitively beaten, cleanly with a pedigree. I think maybe with a little bit of interference, right? Triple I think H- he hit some of the nuts, but yeah, sure, okay. And he beat fucking he beat Vince, you know, beat the shit out of Vince in a match that i wonder sometimes if that is that match good i haven't seen it since i was 12 so i don't bucky we'll find out one day yeah when vince dies we're gonna watch all his matches Spoilers. exactly that's the day the patreon launches is the day vince it's dies. vince and necro butcher <laughs> those are the two where we're just watching every match and they die and well, then, uh, we can't we'll different level. here's the thing about vince matches all of his matches were taped like versus we'll watch necro, every fucking necro match we no, can it's, no that's no no way has time we're going to watch every Vince match because it's a finite amount. And somehow Necro will still be wrestling after he's died, so it'll never be finite yeah. with him. Um, but yeah, so it's not a long feud that leads to this, though, because he he, he has the program with, with Vince, and then he wins the title like the next week on SmackDown, right? Um, from, from show. And yeah. then he immediately launches into this feud, which they've only been going four or five weeks at this point. But you can see they've done so much because, and we talk about this all the time, Chris Kresge, who had just taken over in the months following Russo's departure. I don't know how much complete control he had here, but you have to imagine. I mean, it, this this fits with all his stuff a little later on, right? Yeah. Um, the, Chris Kresge is the, was the sort of head writer for all WWE TV um, after Russo left. And I'm sure he had a team. I'm sure it wasn't all him. Um, but he seemed to be the new guy. And I don't know how they found him. Uh, I think we've talked about it briefly on another show. Um, but so we, we, but we always have to talk about this guy because if we're going to talk about this era of WBF, the thing was Russo left, not because he was out of ideas. I mean, if he was or not, like who knows he did, he clearly, Russo clearly was not out of ideas because we saw what happened when he went to the other company. And yeah. He had plenty, he had what plenty more. He's been in other, other <laughs> companies. <laughs> he had plenty more and probably still does to this day. Um, Still booking I, that weird Colorado promotion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what idiot that is. But so that's the thing is he didn't leave because he's out of ideas. He didn't leave because he was just fired. He basically quit, right? Because he didn't want to run. He didn't want to do two shows a week. They added the SmackDown, and he was just like, "I can't do this." And I'm bro, getting a bro. money offer to. You're not paying me enough. You're not paying me enough. I don't Ted, think he could have paid enough. He could pay me. You can't pay me, Vince. Well, the way he talks about it, seriously, it seems like he didn't want to go, but he just couldn't do it, and Vince expected him to. And he always talks about McMahon being 
like a guy who just doesn't sleep and just if you're going to be the guy that he hands the fucking reins to he expects you to be able to work on his hours do the same fucking amount of coke that he does you know commit the same amount of like assault crimes probably yeah on, yeah shove like, beef wraps up your own asshole like he does yeah like uh, it's it must fucking suck to be his head writer chris kresge is dead now by the way and i think he died of some he like it was it was <laughs> It was like a cancer thing or something, but something infected him while he worked as the head writer for WWE. For WWE. You know, I mean, if you can't get, you know, a lot of stress, you just can't get out. I mean, out of stroke, cancer, you know, it can yeah. happen. That's a, it's a, it's a, and that's, that's natural that... causes. That's what you call it. God Nat- damn, pal. <laughs> yeah. And he's just motorboating somebody's titties. He's like, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. It's like, I'm, I'm not Stephanie. It's just like Stacey Carter. It's the cat. That's... And you're like. You're uh, yeah, Stephanie's name of some whore. I know it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That stuff is so. I. I the same thing with the Trump. With just like yeah, okay, it's gross. Let's not. <laughs> it's but so the thing gross. Is, is that you just can't. You just can't fuck with Vince for that long. Here, uh, no, unless my, you my are point... like. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, unless you have his DNA, basically, you literally have to have his DNA. And even then, Shane was like, "Yeah, I'm good for a good ten years." So yeah, no, I know. I don't. I yeah, she's a special breed to be able to to stay there all that time, and and so is Hunter, really. Um, and we're gonna get to the match here in just a minute, I know. But I just love talking about, and we're gonna get into this probably a little bit here and there on the on the hardcore title miniseries that we're gonna get back to next month or or in in uh, May maybe. May perhaps, um, but his his ability, Chris Kresge's ability to just like he comes in, he has to do two shows a week. He's got four hours of of programming, and he 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 manages to use every inch of that four hours a week. He, he weaves a beautiful tapestry. He has yeah. respect to continuity and like established character history and character backstory and his ability to like keep all these different secondary and like tertiary characters relevant. Like, you know, like the Dudleys have something to do with fucking triple H and DX. And also Tori is there and she's been flirting with one of the Dudleys. Like there's just like, everything is weaving together and he's not, like not that you know, not that that's a hard thing to write. Yeah, you do that, but it's just so often ignored. And having the minor players interact outside of the main storyline, but also having them interact with the main storyline. Everybody is living in a world. This is he created an actual little world, which is what yeah. right, like that's the that's the you know nineteen eighty eight fucking Jim Crockett. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody has an opinion of everybody. The baby faces help each other. You know, like it's simple. Yeah, but it's ignored. The heels uh, come together because they got because you know. They got their eye on the same prize, money. You know exactly, exactly. Like people, you know, people know how to how to work together. It's a it's a fucking it's gang warfare, man. It's fucking like it's what that's what the the story is supposed to be. It's a bunch of tough guys looking to get ahead, and of course they would figure out ways to to work together and have relationships. And that you know that's real life. And I, I don't know. I think Kresge really manages to do that. And um. Yeah, we'll inevitably be on our bullshit with with him talking about him uh, when we get back to some of this stuff. But the the the, the Kresge era is a drum that we will beat uh, on on this show forever and ever because yeah, it's, it's the so, most it's... specific great like eight months of WBF television that ever existed. To this yeah, point. and it's there's a lot of shit that we're just like. That fucking happened, like Val Venus and Rikishi in the cage. Which yeah, so was that an was, awesome match. That's thought... a payoff to like a multi-month mid-card title feud. The, that was the other thing too. As I said, the TV was great, but the pay-per-view payoffs 
for all of this stuff. Like they just, he, I don't know, it just hits. It hits so well. I think it's the greatest run for any promotion in the in the history of wrestling. I'm not an expert of everything, but I know, um, I <laughs> I know some of my shit, and that that, that this is the peak WBF. Absolutely, it's really yeah. I I, I don't think there's any comparison. No. Let's yeah, we can talk, talk about, about the match. We can talk about the match. Um, when my time came on, you know the song, the Triple H's yeah. entrance theme, "My Time." And when he goes, "What does he say?" I have no idea what the words are. Because we're still just saw right, and it goes, "Yeah." Is this a good theme? The answer is, I don't know. No, I, I'll tell you answer, what. But is it a great theme? Yes. Uh, ask uh, me again. Ask me again. Is it a good theme? I don't know, but my body fully left the chair I was sitting in, and I was typing these notes while levitating over the keyboard like Wiley Wiggins and Waking Life. I was fucking. I forgot about this song. I haven't heard it exactly. in years. It just fucking. It feels. It feels of a time, but it also my just feels like important. It feels like important, <laughs> stupid, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. oh yeah, this is fucking. Oh, this it's is of a shit. time. It's my time. It's his time, and it was. Yeah. And, it was, and I. I know. Seriously, I hadn't thought about it, and I, I don't know. I guess in my head, it's always Motorhead, um, and I know that there's like almost a year here where he goes, where he uses the song, um, but I haven't heard it in so long, and I, my soul left my body. I swear, um, he's uh, he's really something in this match overall, and in this entire run, uh, he sends Stephanie back to the back because he knows it's going to be ugly, um, and he loves his wife and his wife loves him and he doesn't want her to see it. So he sends her to the back and it's one of those brilliant nonverbal storytelling choices that Triple H used to make. He was so good at for a few years there in the early 2000s before everything became so overwrought, you know, uh, Triple H or uh, HBK comes back and they, they feed off each other's worst tendencies and create the worst kind of storytelling. Right. Yes. Um, but, but here, in 2000 and 2001, too, I think. He's really good in 2001 as well until he gets hurt. I think it, it's when he comes back in 2002 that he's bad, and then he's never good again. Not yeah, really. Yeah, the Jericho feud with the fucking dog yeah, and yeah, pooping all, on shit. You know, it ain't great. Everything after that. I think there's good matches here and there. Um, I think he's had good matches very recently, you know, within the last six or seven years. I think the Bryan match is fantastic. One of my favorite yeah. matches of the last, you know, ten years or whatever, but... This is like a different guy, and, and you can sort of see he is – I don't know. I was so impressed by him uh, even then because he was like such a fucking nerd to me. And to like see that he had like grabbed the brass ring like he did, you know, or whatever. Even as a kid, like I was impressed because I, I, I watched his evolution from douchebag heel to douchebag baby face to extremely douchebag baby face to – heel who is a date rapist and on top of the world and married to the boss's daughter and i watched that happen you know i missed bits and pieces of that story but i did i did see that in real time and i i was always impressed with him until he you know 2003 comes along and you have his title run that just destroys raw for like 18 months you can't watch raw because raw is fucking terrible for a yeah. really long time, and it's all his fault. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's so rough. Um, but, yeah, you like you like Triple H in 2000? Uh, he's, got his, he's got his moments. I think he ends up getting a little, like, full of himself, and then he's like, no, no, I've got to nip that in the bud. We can't, 
gotta look strong. All that kind of shit. Do you think Here's that's happening? That starts happening with the Angle Feud, right? The Angle Feud yeah. and the famous Love Triangle storyline. Yeah, he really. But fucks also, him. He the really Jericho fucks stuff him. gets a little goofy. I mean, he gets he he he, he has the, Jer- the Jericho Feud is in like June and July. He wrestles him at like fully loaded or something. The last yes. guy standing. Yeah, that's a good match. Um, I don't remember the TV parts of that feud, but that's a good fucking match. Um, it's a good last you know, standing match. I would like what I would say is, and here's a thought I have about Triple H that I uh, I shared with my roommate a couple weeks ago when I was just because uh, I missed uh, my trolley trying to get to fucking work. It was oh, a Sunday. Ding ding. Suck shit. Uh, it's a beautiful. But, sorry. So I just like I got like a half hour to kill, and I'm like just sitting there, sitting on this fucking bench on a trolley stop. I never go to. Never okay. go to, but okay. And it just hits me. You know what would have been cool? Triple H is a letterface in FMW. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You have the most no, ridiculous think brain. Of, <laughs> think about. I mean, look at him. Look at him. She, listen, she's he just sitting there at the trolley station. She's waiting. At the, she's at the trolley stop. She's waiting for the trolley, right? And she starts thinking, Triple H, but in FMW, in a. <laughs> I was thinking so... about how, how how NXT is like seventeen percent like it's just like all of these weird FMW like wrestlers like men and women. Shotzi Blackheart is so yeah FMW. sure FMW should yeah it's of course like... it's the forever fed it should have never stopped and it, we should all of our favorite wrestlers should be there including Triple H who was my favorite in two thousand and I'm just like this guy. Could be, could have been a leather face. I don't know why. He could have been a leather face. All right, sure. Imagine Triple H with a chainsaw. That doesn't that doesn't appeal to you. I want to talk to you about Triple H and Sharp Objects because I got a lot to say about this match, and we're gonna All get right. into it. I just want to say, um, Sharp Objects, and we ain't talking Amy Adams. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but my wife did. I didn't she watch it either, it of course. Pretty intense. I like Patricia Clarkson. Um, I all right. Too. Yeah, I was Boston just I was gonna say age. Triple H really impressive run in two thousand. Austin gets hurt, has to go for surgery. Taker has to leave for surgery. They try out the big show. It doesn't work. Triple H has the in. He pounces on Stephanie at the time when he could most fucking capitalize on the other people. And he just makes himself. I don't. Do people never now? Talk? Granted, Triple H also did not work the first time they tried it, and that's why they had to put it on Big Show. And then they're like, "Ah, fuck it, just get back Triple H." So was it's he all a full a heel by then? I guess he was a heel over the summer. Yeah, I always yeah. forget. I forget about the Summer Slam and and the six pack challenge. I forget that that even happened. But yeah, I I, I think it's a, a really important that Austin goes that way, uh, goes away, and and show fails, and then we end up with this a fucking three consecutive pay per view main events where Foley and Triple H are doing battle. One of them's a you know, the four way Mania, but still Foley like in his last matches, you know, for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 it's a blessing and a gift that we got any of this. I, and, and I think it's all because Triple H was there to grab the fucking, the spotlight, um, saw, saw his end. Yeah. I think if he, the fact that he failed in August or September when he won the title initially and then came back and was able to put the run together, um, saw the opening and, you know, now he's still there. He's the fucking, he's going to own, he's going to inherit the company, you know, like yeah. he did good. Right, you I mean, gotta respect him. that. I don't. I don't do what what his uh, his Dickin game. I guess I don't know his stroke. I, I'm not. I'm not even talking. No, I. I mean his ability. His his ability to make relationships and impress the right people. Politics. I mean he he's good at taking it up the ass, which we know he's done for multiple That's women. That's what I'm and talking I, about. I'll accept that. I will yeah. accept that. All right. You know? 
time. Yeah, that was where we left it. Um, so this starts with the usual Cactus Jack goofy punches, um, and I want to talk about his punches in a little bit. Um, we talk about punches a lot on this show, and as we should, they're the most we, important part of wrestling. I don't, I don't think a word has ever been spoken about punches. Triple H is basically playing Ric Flair from like the start. Um, yeah, which is you know his sort of his his bag here. It's sort of his deal. Foley hits his uh, baffling baseball slide into the swinging neckbreaker, a spot that I like but also question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, they there's they, they get outside pretty fast here. There's like they get sent into the timekeeper's table and there's like feedback over the speakers because somebody dropped a microphone and Hunter hits him with the bell and then he's got a chair and he hits him in the face with a chair like swings it like bass, baseball bat style and I don't know they, they go right into it really fast and I was like huh this is kind of this is kind of a little I don't know I, I, I my head in my head I haven't seen this match in 16 years at least in my head this match doesn't it takes its time and it doesn't at all it really doesn't no it doesn't no um and, you know, Foley does these punches. He does, a, like, a leg drop. He, like, drops the chair onto the face. But he does these little punches where he... I, I think we've, we we surely have talked about this. Uh, but the, the little wrist punch where he he punches the guy in the forehead with the, like, his ulna. Or, which, I forget which bone it is. With his wrist. With, like, the, the outside of his wrist. And it mostly looks like shit. Like... I, I, all right, we talked about it on the show with Worldwide, with uh, the the IWA Japan tournament, right? Yes. Um, he does some really good ones late in this match when he's in a, he's attacking a cut. Maybe some of the best ones I've ever seen. Um, oh, he's great on the cut, yeah. obviously. But it's still the same weird little cut. wrist punch. I don't know. What is he doing there? That's like his like working. That's like his fucking hockey fight punch, basically. Mm. I don't. I don't think it. I, I think we got to get rid of that. Like the whole. No, it's just, it's just, I mean, obviously literal hockey fight spot style shit has been well, around yeah. for a stretch now, and it's just done. It's People just love so to sickening. do Fry Takayama, yeah. I mean, it sucks. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's been good. It has been good before. Like, pro wrestlers have done the Fry Takayama well. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't hate it. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I do hate it. I don't hate it conceptually i think it can work really well um but yeah i don't know fully Foley's i'm not telling him to stop the punches you know <laughs> yeah because he doesn't really have he's never been an offense guy no what he has it's is weird. Like, his offense is about like he's got like a weird fluid mo movement like his leg drops and his elbow drops he's just a fluid guy which is weird for this dude who can barely walk especially sure. at this point he can't really walk anymore like he could uh he's, he's like built like a He's built like a fucking jelly bean. Like a Pillsbury Doughman. Doughboy. Uh, he's just Doughman? Like... Doughboy? The Doughboy's podcast. He's built like Mike Mitchell. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, but you're like, he gives a shit. That's no, his point. leg That's drops, ultimately, he, he just, he looks fluid. It's like, hard to explain. He has, no, he it's... looks chaotic in a way that makes sense, but it's fluid also is like, good. It's, it's, it looks cool. It's, it's like some, some beautiful, like it's, it's somewhere between sloppy and graceful. It's like, he only has one way and it's not pretty, but it's also, I don't know, fluid. It, it's, it, he does, he's, his body is moving exactly how he wants his body to move and he's landing with the right impact and he's landing on target. It just doesn't look pretty because he's not a pretty guy. Like no, but maybe that's it. You're onto something there. It, he is definitely a fluid guy. Um, his shit hits with the precision and an impact. You know, it's a fucking 
good dude. Good dude at like the the Sabu style, you know, improv weapon bullshit. Sort of. Yeah. Like, it's maybe what made him a famous wrestler. I don't know. <laughs> we can say. <laughs> Hot can take. Say. Uh, Mick Foley, pretty good. Um, Hunter takes one of his signature bumps, the back body drop over the rail. Um, okay, so I want to talk about back body drop over the rail. Let's talk about all of Hunter's little signature bumps. Well, he... let's talk about them all. But here's the thing. So, to me, the most famous part of this match, with regard to actual Hunter Hearst Helmsley, is the cut on the calf. Okay, sure. And this is when ha- I'm certain this is when it happens because I can't figure out when the fuck else it happens. No, it happens on the pallet. Are you kidding me? Uh, happens what on the pallet? On I the don't. Si- th- no, it does. Uh, I don't think he lands on. He, oh no! It's a no, pallet like that. I no, don't think it does. You need to watch it again, and I'll tell you what. As a person who judges, I know pal- as a person who literally every day at work judges which pallets can be reused and which which I need to personally lift over my head and throw into a dumpster or stack and then lift with a fucking forklift. Um, but I like to lift them and I like to throw them and I like to get, and I go, Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, Hit them with a military press. Yeah. yeah. I do CrossFit at work basically is what I'm saying. Um, I, I, I watched it. I knew it. And I've, and I've watched this. Uh, listen, I've watched this match a hundred times. I'm not kidding. I've seen it. I watched the exact moment that his fucking calf bursts and it's on the edge of the top pallet because he stacks two pallets and they're both fucked up and they're both not pallets to they, they could, you could not pack any product on these fucking pallets. I mean, I, I consider this as the other option. And here's the thing. I go want it to fucking, be on the back body drop. No, I want it to be on the back body drop because I can blame that on him. What do you more. think he hits? What does he, what does he land on? I don't, I think he just fucks up his calf and then it just, and then it just gets worse from there. No. Have you ever seen the footage of him getting stitched up afterwards? It's a direct puncture. It's it, okay. it. It was. It's a piece of wood. It's all right. No, me. I believe that. I, I believe. That. I trust I'll tell you. you. I had the DVD and I watched this match and the special features all the time, over and over again. <laughs> but I also never uh, realized the real crux of this match. Um, I, let me make sure. All right, the pallet. We talked about the pallet. Uh, it gets fucked up on the pallet. That's my. It gets thrown into a pile of bricks, which is really yeah. silly. Those the, are fake bricks. The Who fake bricks. Shit, all right. Yeah, sure. But it's one of the all-time great pay-per-view entranceways, right? Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, for sure. It's for sure. It's small and it's simple. It's just like an alleyway in New York City or, you know, like a one, a one-way street or something. I don't know. Um, and it's like one of the last times they ran an entryway like this in the garden, I think, right? Because they did remodel it pretty soon after this, so that wasn't even a viable it thing. It was more like – it was like 2012 or something like that. Or well, they just stopped doing pay-per-views there, I guess, is the thing. For the most part, they do summer – They had Mania 20. Mania 20 in, uh, in, in 2004, which is a great show. So, some Survivor Series 2002, Rumble 08 – those are still use the title. Is Survivor um, Series 2002 the one where Mark Henry and Shawn Michaels fight each other? No. No, that's okay. Okay, never that's, mind. That's Bischoff. All right, all right. No, let's move on. Yeah, that, Survivor Series 2002 was the first one. This is the first elimination chamber. Oh, of course, of course. Um, um, and then I is... think the only – but then they stopped using it for Raw, basically, except for – I think the famous Kofi Boom drop uh, onto Orton off of, is, is – Yeah, I've only seen that the tunnel. I've seen a clip of that. That was, in my, that was in my dark period. That was when Kofi still had an accent, right? Yes. Somebody in my house. Hello. Uh, but yeah, they they fight in the they fight in the entryway for a while, and uh, I don't know. The crowd seems to they they start chanting boring. I think, but the but Jr. said they were chanting Foley, but I just, I heard boring. I couldn't make it out exactly. I they thought... couldn't see anything. It was like bad. Like the, there's no Titantron, you know. 
No, and they don't know what usage of the uh, fucking uh, big, uh, like, on, of the big screen hanging from the fucking roof they would have. Yeah, I can't imagine. That, like, yeah, I, yeah, that that old Madison Square Garden screen from the from the late '90s isn't going to cut it for the like for this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it was before they could they did the can't see shit chant, which is a great chant, of course. Uh, but the audio is great here in the entryway because you get lots of like insane New Yorkers yelling slurs. Uh, so like that's good. I heard somebody yell the F slur on the on the like it was like just like right next to the camera and it was just like nobody caught it. So there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New York, love it. Uh, I, I, what dreams are made of. Um, so the the barbed wire uh, two by four. Uh, yes. Is introduced and. Uh, I think Foley immediately gets his world rocked with it, right? He's He gets pretty messed up. Yeah, classic uh, rule of you introduce it, you gotta take it. Right, so it's so this is the this is the big, this is the thing I need to talk about with this match the most, because I've never, I watched this match so many times. Do you know what I'm gonna say? Do you know where, do you know where I'm going with this? Because it's about the, it's about the two by four. Where are you going okay, with this, exactly? Okay. It's, a, it's mostly about if it's gimmicked or not. Oh, uh, um, so, maybe. It's the answer is yes and no. So are you ready for me to do some Viano four, Viano five, switcheroo is a pruder film? <laughs> oh, I was thinking that. I mean, obviously, I already, I already considered referencing this pruder film while trying to figure out where. Yeah, like, where is where is yeah where is Cash got cut? Yeah, that's great. This is great. This is a perfect match. This is the greatest American match of all time. Um, they <laughs> so Triple H hits him a number of times. Uh, in the back, Cactus Jack is wearing his signature "Wanted Dead or Alive" Cactus Jack uh, T-shirt. Yeah, and um, and it's not really grabbing his uh, his clothing. I noticed when you watch Casanova Valentine versus you know uh, Neil Diamond Cutter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and Casanova wears his black uh, tank top or his you know whatever. Uh, he gets hit with the barbed wire, it sticks in, and it pulls at his fabric, right? Yeah. So it's not really doing that, but then you see Triple H uh, sort of realize this, and he wants to make sure we know it's not gimmicked, and he makes damn sure because he hits him with it and then rakes it across, and he sort of unspools it off the end of the bat a little bit. So it's like almost mm. hanging up off the top, right? And yeah. so he makes sure that you see, Okay. That's exhibit Maybe A. Maybe he just doesn't understand how barbed wire works. Exhibit A. Okay. Um, Cactus Jack counters, manages to hit Triple H in the balls with the barbed wire 2x4. And then Earl Hebner, the son of a bitch, takes oh, it away. Oh, I thought about this. Earl Hebner takes the 2x4 away. Um, I, I, well, Jack drops it, right? And he goes for cover or something. Earl Hebner picks it up. Earl Hebner, the snake, and the piece of shit. He is a little bitch. He is. He, and what is it? What were they doing, man? Was it clones? <laughs> what were they doing, man? Uh, it's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in wrestling. Is the Hebner twins. Um, and then him getting busted for <laughs> bootleg merchandise and losing his lifetime job. Also the Montreal Screwjob. Fuck Earl Hebner. He fucking sucks. Uh, Earl Hebner sucks. He sucks. Dave He's Hebner a bad sucks. ref. He's also a bad ref. He made he the is. slow count. Brian Hebner. I always like Brian Hebner, honestly. I uh, never could tell Brian Hebner from any other fucking white boys that they had on staff. So I, don't I just like that SmackDown ref staff uh, from 2002, 2003. You love, you love the SmackDown 6 ref staff. And we all know that about you. You got it in your bio on Twitter. Yeah. Um, 
Of course so, we do. All right, so Hebner, Hebner takes the fucking two-by-four, he gets out of the ring, and he hands it to Hugo Savinovich. <laughs> he hands it to Hugo, the Spanish-language uh, commentator, him and uh, the other guy. Carlos Cabrera. Carlos Cabrera, thank you. Um, the great Carlos Cabrera. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> he hands it to Hugo. Hugo doesn't want the fucking thing. Um and this is now the second time this is this is and and will be not the last time we talk about Hugo on this show um having a bad day on commentary he doesn't want the fucking 2 by 4 um and so but he takes it cuz Hebner's a you know Hebner's a fucking stick in the mud and he demands that he keep it and so he tucks it under the Spanish announce table out of sight yeah and but not then, out of mind not out of mind. Uh, we get pretty quickly uh, to the to the to, to the follow up to this when Cactus Jack is like, "Hey Earl, you dumb son of a bitch, where's my fucking two by four? And Earl Hebner, the little snitch fucking rat, immediately turns and points, sells Hugo Savinovich up the fucking river. What the fuck? What the fuck? They uh, naturally Cactus Jack goes out and knocks out Hugo Savinovich, just punches him in the face, and then the other guy, uh, Carlos the, Cabrera, just gives him. It's like all right, I'll, the great I'll, Carlos Cabrera <laughs> reaches under, underneath the Spanish announce table and pulls out. Oh, what's this? A barbed wire two by four that is not hanging from the top. No, it's it's, it's got more barbed wire on it. I pristine, think tightly wound. It looks like a fucking work of art Mike, michelangelo himself couldn't wrap barbed wire on a piece of wood <laughs> so what you're saying is they had two barbed wire two before now here's the first question one not it. gimmick second one gimmick because what happens next he hits triple h in the face with it a bunch yeah but here's the thing i i i, I agree with this idea however does mean that they missed out on having dueling uh two barbed wire two by four there could have been a lot of different decisions there's a lot of stuff that could have been done differently I think this works because I didn't notice it until today when I was watching it with my fucking dumbass eyes, <laughs> with my insane. You're being cr- stupid. You're, you're brain. being critical. You're being critical. Yeah, I'm a critic, is what I am. I'm a critic and a maniac. And here's my. This is my story. Today's my birthday. <laughs> uh, I love a mystery like this. You know I do. Um, Triple H takes multiple shots uh, with the two by four. Does a hell of a blade job. Oh, it's a thousand percent blade job, but oh. it's a great blade job. I mean, sure. no, I don't think you know. I was never. You, I mean, fuck. You take barbed wire to the head, you blade because you, you're you're very unlikely to get a good cut, anyways. Naturally, from that, you get the good cut no. from the glass, not from the wire. The wire just sucks, and then you hope it looks good, or you cut yourself in the fucking forehead, which is what he does. Um, this is a. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of notes here about how I'm like freaking out, thinking about how, uh, like I'm because th- I was already thinking about how he was dragging it along the shirt to make it look good, and then when they went to a when I when I realized they went to a different two by four and he was taking the taking all the bumps all of a sudden, it was like oh he he made it look good on him so that this would look good on him. He I think he worked yeah. everybody. I don't I don't think anybody. I, I this is I think I'm the first person to ever come up with this. That's probably not true, but still. 
I mean, we do close breakdowns. We fucking well, we close are feels. we are the we are the two freaks. Like we are the two little freaks. Uh, we 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 do go way further than anybody else into things that nobody cares about, and that's what our po- that's why our podcast is three and a half hours long every three weeks or whenever we get a chance to record it. And yet, they love it. Yeah, I hope I hope people enjoy forty five minutes on Cactus Jack versus Triple H from Royal Rumble. Um, so outside the ring, Foley does his weird little wrist punches, but he's doing the wrists into the cut, right in the cut. Probably the best Foley punches I've ever seen, just because they're into a cut. Um, they go up on the announce table. Triple H says, or no, no, J- Jim Ross says that Triple H is bleeding like a horse. A fucking horse is Jim Ross made bleed. I guess he's uh, done some like castrations. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Jim Ross has a bad history of animals. Uh, sure. We know this. Well, King calls Triple H a stud later on, so I don't know. We're like, we're you know, working within some themes here. I mean, <laughs> it's it's also there's just generally the whole Triple H. You know, some have said he's the greatest technical wrestler to ever. Yeah. Man, they were Bob, Bob Backlund is in this fucking Royal Rumble. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut that's the fuck true. up. That's true. Yeah. Some have said yeah. he looks like Sarah J. You know, like I mean, we all we all have thoughts on Triple H. Um, I. Then, All I know a... is I want to go out like Fred. Yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> I... a callback because I can't do an original Triple H voice reference right now. I've never tried. I can spit water like him, um, I, I, but I've retired the pedigree. My knees just can't can't do it anymore. Um, so he's so Jack goes for the the pile driver through the announce table. Uh, Triple H hits the back body drop. The Cactus Jack hits really hard. The table doesn't break, but it sort of sags in like a bent up way. And Triple H just fucking falls down and like eats shit. He eats some he eats he eats some shit of his own while like Cactus Jack takes the actual shit. Um, and then he like tries to get up, but he like falls over the front of the table, and he's just <laughs> he's just like falling over. He looks like it's like it's a it's very much a cartoon fucking uh, Wiley Cody just got fucking like blown up sort of performance in in parts, right? To an extent, to an extent. Oh, you gotta, you gotta mute when you do a yawn. Just don't answer. I'll just think you're, because <laughs> then it sounds like I'm boring you. I'm just tired. I know it's your day off. It's your day off. It's your one day off out of the last like twelve or something. I don't get a lot of time. Yeah, no. yeah, and I and I've I've had to fucking staring down the barrel of another forced overtime on. Uh, yeah, yep, I've worked uh, eight of the last seven days. Yeah, uh, this week I don't even have an opportunity to like milk overtime like last week at least, which sucks. Yeah, next yeah, week paid maybe. Least, no, no, I think it's maybe two weeks. Fuck, I don't even know. Oh, who knows? Who knows? It's all time is. My schedule is really stupid. All I know is today is my birthday, kind of on the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at, um incredible uh sequence though uh coming out of this where foley sweeps so triple h goes for a pedigree they're back in the ring goes for a pedigree foley sweeps the legs out sort of grabs him like he could do a fucking boston crab but he leans back does the slingshot one of my favorite moves one of the greatest moves in all of wrestling the slingshot um triple h bumps into the post which of course he stole off his other idol hbk yeah. Um, sells that by walking into like a big face buster bulldog into the two by four into the wire. Um, great, just just beautiful fluid, like you said, like you said, Foley is fluid. He like really has like very little on the surface technical ability, but then you realize he does seven things. He can do it from different angles, and they look like he meant to do like everything. He looks like everything he does. It looks like he meant to do. Yeah. That's it. You know, he's a maniac. 
his shit shouldn't look clean. But it's like the right. It's it's he's one of the greatest. I don't know if this is a hot take. Mick Foley, one of the everything he does has an impact. Yeah, no, Cactus a... Jack is good. Um, yeah, it impact, impact, and fluidity. I think those are the the two words that people never use for Foley. They use crazy or you know death wish or whatever. But he's so unorthodox. Much too, un- yeah, yeah. They say he's got uh, issues that he's twisted. But yeah, he's actually just good. He's just, he's like great. That's the thing. He's a better wrestler than Triple H. Um, yes. All right. So let's, let's see here. Triple H. Uh, all right. This is one of my favorite sequences of the match, actually. Right after that, I love this where they get back on the floor. Triple H is bleeding like a fucking horror movie protagonist, like um, in like the last five minutes of the movie, like, like, d- like the descent or high tension. Yeah. Um, you know, any of the 2004 to 2007 horror movies when I was watching all those movies. I'm sure. extremely old. Today's my birthday. Foley then, like, casually strolled into a hip toss into the stairs. Yeah. Um, like, his ankles just hit the stairs. He gets up, and then he immediately just takes the Irish whip, like the, which is a Foley signature bump, which is the knees first into the stairs, flips over the stairs while they just, like, fall on him, uh, which is just a hellacious pair of bumps to do back-to-back. He is a freak. Um, he's a good wrestler, also a freak. I like I, I can't believe it when I when I like watch him this deep into his career. I mean, he didn't have a long career, a lot of comebacks, obviously, but his core career. This is the end of it. This is truly the end of it. Yeah, he has like nine years of a core career, maybe. Yeah. Well, no, he was no, he was around a little longer than that. He was around in the late eighties doing things sure. on, on the shitty indies. Yeah, I, I, I would say he had twelve. I'd say he had a dozen years. Um, and then, you know, some big comebacks and some even pretty regular, I think he wrestled a lot in a couple of the comebacks, you know, 2005 or maybe even TNA 2009, he wrestled oh, yeah, he a lot a of impact. Yeah. I, I, fortunately for me, I have not seen a lot of that stuff. Uh, I do like his match with Kevin Nash. Kevin uh, Nash working the cut. Kevin Nash is a great wrestler. Um, so yeah, after that he gets, uh, he gets chop blocked and Triple H continues after the leg. Triple H is uh, s- sort of in this doing like one of the great all time like noodle leg selling jobs I've ever seen, or he's just very sincerely fucked up and can't walk. Um, and I don't know. And that's what it's a, that's if, if it's a sell, then it's one of the great selling jobs of all time. I think this is his best performance. I think this is the best Triple H performance. What do you think about that? I can see that. I, I, I don't think that's too off. No. Like, what else is up there, right? Brian, a very different performance. Yeah. Mania 30, that's a completely different kind of match. Like, on every level. Not just, like, obviously it's a very different type of match, but his role in that match is extremely different. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Triple H, good wrestler also, I should say. (laughs) Frustrating one. All right, the long long chain handcuffs. Let's not talk about that. That's a goofy prop. At least he doesn't have to bump on his hands like he did last year, right? Yeah, um, we got the rock interference in here. Cactus Jack is good in like the handcuffed defense. Oh, stuff. oh, I'm shocked you didn't mention uh, Triple H uh, eating shit, trying to slam the stairs on Foley, and oh, Foley does that sliding hold. fucking uh, drop toe hold, which is beautiful. Yeah, He's that is fluid a good shit. Fluid F E L U I D fluid. I had Mick a note fluid. about it. I had Nick. I had Mick fluid written down here. <laughs> the word yep. Mick fluid. Um, no, I, I had it written down about that, and then I was like, oh, shit, we just hit an hour in this recording. Even though a ten of that is going to be cut because of when I got up and spilled vodka everywhere. Um, uh, don't H- don't let him behind the scenes. Yeah, Triple H is... Uh, 
he he does some things. I don't know. They, the Rock comes out. There's a weird little section in this. The last third of this gets a little iffy, and then it pays off really well. But uh, the cuffs are funny because The Rock comes out and saves Foley with the chair shot. He hits it he, with a great like Rocky style overhead swinging chair shot. Yeah, he, and he's like doing it he, just gesturing like a motherfucker yeah. at like yeah. Candy ass little bitch. That's really good. Yeah, uh, and you know it's 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 a redemption for him. You know, well that was what he did last year to Foley. The same type of chair shot in the same, not the same building. But and now the but now the BFF since like I'm sorry. Yeah, but here's the thing. Let me get this title for you, man. He just leaves. He doesn't even try to help Foley out of the handcuffs. Well, because Dwayne has connections, <laughs> sends that cop. This is that who cop. Is this out? cop. Well, I'll tell you who, who that cop is. Things. That cop died in nine eleven. That's what I. That's what I heard. That cop was Steve Bradley, who famously overdosed on nine eleven. Was <laughs> that cop was Steve Ranazizi, who was famously there that day? <laughs> this cop is good. was played this by is, Dennis Leary's cousin. This is good. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Oh, that show. Um. I watched three seasons of that show. I watched um, too much damn Rescue Me. Yeah. How many se- yeah, you, how yeah. many seasons of Rescue Me you watch? You I pick- mean, full like not that many, but I watched a lot of episodes from random bits, and I'd be like, "What's character? happening favorite on character? Rescue Me? Oh, this isn't good." Favorite character? Ah, but California's here though. You dodging me? Favorite character? I fucking uh, Dean Winters. I can't remember the character's sure, name. Johnny? Sure. Me neither. Me oh. neither. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Lenny Clark for me. Um, oh, Lenny Clark. Lenny classic. Clark. Lenny Clark, the man. Uh, <laughs> the god. Lenny, the god. Um, all right. What? They got a. They, he's got a sandbag, he says. Um, the king says he's got a sandbag. He's going to hit him over the head with the sandbag. Uh, what? It's Tex. Um, yeah. There's also a moment. Like, Jack hits a pile driver on, an, on the other announce table, and it doesn't break even a tiny bit. No. Nope. Both, both of these announce tables hilariously ungimmicked. Just I mean, like, here's the thing. You guys are going to use these tonight, right? Like The futuristic, <laughs> reusable uh, fucking announce tables are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> kind of shitty. No, I like them. I've always been a fan because oh, they, they are they, so they're shitty. They're very funny, but I, I can't imagine that I would like actually want to take a bump on those. Oh, as no. It's like a regular oh, ass no, table. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, the finish of this, I don't know, fully gets backdropped uh, into the tax. Triple H hits a pedigree. Cactus kicks it too. Great shocked reaction for Triple H. Crowd chants for Foley. Stephanie's here wearing Stephanie a back. leopard print choker. Looks very great. nice. I love her. I love her. Um, the originator of the brat um, uh, subculture. <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he, he's, so Foley gets back up. Um, just walks right back into another pedigree. And this one's not only is it in the tax, which is what people remember, but this is one of the highest jumps on a pedigree I've ever seen. I've, I've never seen Hunter's knees this high off the ground. Like this is crazy. If you watch this again, like this, it's so clear that they were like, this has to be a fucking incredible moment. And they were both in on it and they both jumped in perfect unison, the exact same height. And it is a fucking brutal shot because it's, it's a kill shot. No Shane Strickland. Yeah. 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 Fuck. They, 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 it is it is one of the sickest finishes I've ever seen. I think it, I think it's I think it's one of the great finishes in all of wrestling uh, just because you see the, the in the knee pads of Triple H um, and then you, you know, Foley has got him in his fucking eyebrow and shit. It's just it's I, and, you know, we there's the post match with the gurney and like he rolls him down on the gurney, which is kind of goofy. Um, but they had to keep the feud going, whatever. That doesn't matter to me so much. It's nice to see Sergeant Slaughter out there, I guess. It's always a treat, but I don't know. I think this finish and the reaction, the MSG crowd, uh, I think it's, I think this is one of the great, 
I think this is one of the one of the great matches. I think this is truly canonical, you know, make me a list of the matches, the 25 matches that are most important for wrestling and and this is one of them because this is like one of the ones that truly like this and the the taker cell match uh with foley <clears throat> from king of the ring 98 like they yeah. they sort of legitimized this sort of style in a way that rippled through the entire industry um and still do today and you know i think this is probably foley's best match i know people love mind games but um i think this is way better i i i, I could watch this all day i think i think it's triple h's best performance I think you know what Foley might actually be better in mind games because that's a fo- that's Foley carrying a fucking perked out Shawn Michaels like an Shawn ins- Michaels he's just on Dilaudid yeah in, some, in Sonny's mouth or something he's yeah. got his entire penis out and he's he has an injection of Del- he's got an IV of Dilaudid while he works the match and Foley carries it yeah <laughs> so that might be a better Foley performance but you know um, it's the Brett SummerSlam '92 performance. Um, but yeah, love it. Love this fucking match. Um, that's an hour on one match. We never did that before. We ever talked about a match that long before? Oh, absolutely. We have, man. Have we? Have we? All right. Um, I'm going to go for one minute. Uh, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do 20, 20 minutes each. All right. On these next two. Okay. Do you believe me? Today's yeah. my Today's my birthday. You have to believe me on my birthday. I believe you, bitch. All right. Thank you. Welcome back to Wrestling's Gross. It's my birthday today. <laughs> it's his birthday today. This um, day. Yeah. Whichever day you're listening to this, it's my birthday. I don't... I don't know. It's uh, it's a lot. Everything is a lot. And uh, now we're like a, like a, exactly a year. You know? We're like right at a year. And... I don't know. <laughs> Nothing feels real. Nothing felt real before it, but nothing, absolutely nothing feels real now. What was Gobert Day after, uh... <laughs> uh, I think it was the 7th, I don't know. He's a cool dude. You watched that All-Star game? Nah, I got clips at least? Sleep, man. 
I was also, especially after uh, fucking uh, my boys got like, uh, it was the 11th. Okay. So two days uh, for Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. We're right there at it. It's the ninth today. Not my birthday, but today's my birthday and every day is my birthday. But every day you say your birthday, you, you say it's your birthday, it's your birthday. No, I just, after my boys were like, yeah, you can't, they're not allowed to play. And being Simmons, I was like. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna go to bed early anyway because I got work today. So fuck it. I because I, I I heard that at work. I was like on the fucking front desk and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna go to bed. I'm just gonna get sleep. I didn't care about AEW. I did not see. I have not. Oh seen yeah, we don't. The shitty explosion and I don't want to talk about it. I saw it. a clip. I don't know, man. I don't want to talk know. about it because I don't want to talk about anybody making fun of Eddie Kingston for doing his fucking yeah, job. Yeah, he did his fucking it, job. That's 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 the stance. That's the wrestling is gross stance. Is Eddie Kingston unscathed? Not only because the fucking explosion sucked ass, but also because he's untouchable. He's Eddie. He's the fucking guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's, 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 you know, heart and soul. Yeah. Heart and soul. He's the best. 25 years of selling Johnson and Johnson. He's like the fucking, he can't do wrong. I don't know. I, I watched that clip and I felt for him. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You didn't watch it, right? You didn't even see the clip? No, nah, no. Nah. It's fucking bad. It's so bad. One, it's a clip of uh, Mox hitting the, the the explosion, barbed wire after, explaining barbed wire after Kenny throws the powder in his face and he does the, whoo, I'm fucking, I didn't Kenny. see I that fucking clip. suck big dicks. Oh, so I hate that guy. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. I hate him. Yeah, I, I don't, I think I hate Kenny slightly less than you, but I don't know. I, 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 that, I had high hopes for that match. I did not watch it after I saw the reaction and I will not be watching that match. Um, which is a shame because I was ready to give it six stars. I mean, I watched a match where Sammy Callahan drops a, a takes a Wawa bag full of uh, <laughs> uh, of his own poop and drops it out onto a chair That's and bombs Adam Cole onto it. Yeah, you know, we call that art in this house. It was uh, the cage of defecation, as uh, MLJ uh, repeatedly reminded us. The great MLJ, one of our finest uh, uh, critics and and uh, uh, commentators. Rap enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah. One of our great rap enthusiasts. Uh, let's talk about some rap. Let's talk about Kid Takobashi's Noah theme. <laughs> yeah. All right, here you go. This is a weird one. Uh, Mitsuharu Misawa and Masahiro Chono versus Kid Takobashi and Akira Tawe from Noah, January tenth, two thousand three, from Nip- Nippon Budokan. Um, you know this match? Were you? Weird? Yeah. You. Do you have? Does this match mean anything to you? No. Does this match mean anything to anyone? I don't know. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool match. That's why I picked it. <laughs> it's three of the four pillars. Three of the and four one pillars. Of the musketeers. And one of the musketeers. You know, they call them the four pillars and the three musketeers. You know what the forum posters call us? That's right, the two little freaks. Yeah. Um, but it's... I mean, it's also funny that they're like, well, kind of Kawada. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't don't know enough about the All Japan split. Like, I mean, I I know the basics that he stayed and he was loyal. Him and, uh, uh, fuck, the Fuchi. Him and Fuchi Fuchi. were like the only guys who stayed. Um, after the, after Baba's wife pissed off Masawa, they had a booking dispute. I don't know what the fuck happened. Doesn't matter to me that much. It's a huge, it's one of the most important things that ever happened in Japanese pro wrestling. But, like, it is. Not a thing I have that much knowledge of, um, but Kawada doesn't go and work for Noah until like 2005, right? That's when he yeah, finally, at the yeah, Big Dome the show, big dome for the last match. for their last uh, sh- yeah. showdown between him and Misawa. Yeah, which is and, a hilarious match, by the way. <laughs> it's 
good. It's weird. It's it's clearly the final showdown between two anime characters. It's it's a it's a Jurassic match. It's it like is the Rock it's and Austin Jurassic. 2003, where they're just doing shit at it's, each other. Yes, and that's kind of cool. Absolutely, uh, Mania 19, Rock Austin. Um, it's been a long time though since I heard Kobashi's Noah theme. It really hits you and takes you back, back to hanging out with friends and learning about these mythical four pillars. Um, Shona looks cool too. Um, Tawei yeah, doesn't, doesn't look cool. Tawei's music. Tawei, Tawei's getting uh, beefier, but that's cool. I don't know. Tawei, Tawei's lack of, of coolness body? makes him the coolest. Oh, I love Tawei. Tawei's my I favorite know, I color, too. not just because I'm a contrarian. That's because I. It's my love of tag team wrestling. You know what sucks is I, I was thinking about this, and he's got to be my number four. But I feel bad about it, and I feel like the gap between him and two is not. Uh, we'll get. I'll get into it. Um, Chono looks cool as hell. I've never been a huge Chono fan. I think a lot of people. I, think, I don't think there are many huge Chono fans at this point. People think that Chono was cool, but they don't think about Chono as a wrestler. Yeah. And it's, but he was the season. I mean, I'll get into it. But I think of him as like the best tag guy that New Japan ever had, which is why he works. Him, makes sense him in this and match. Ten, him and Tenzan. He just knew how to fucking put. I mean, he was always just what? What's like his every, big tag run? Uh, with Tenzin. With, Tenzin. with a lot okay. of people, though. Okay, but, but yeah, but there just, were some others. Okay, I just I, but I, I don't just know a lot of. Tag, he just understood pacing and how to do cutoffs and all that kind of shit, sure. just like Tawei with all sure. Japan. And he just and part of it was because his neck was so fucked up that they couldn't put him in singles matches that often like that. He only had the one uh or, or the heavyweight title run, but it was like and that ended after like two weeks. But the point of it was like, yeah, well then he can fucking be cool as shit and. Like have a lot of presence in a tag match, and he can time his spots well. Sure, yeah, he was he's 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 a personality guy uh, first and foremost, and maybe he wasn't that originally. You know, one of the three musketeers. I think the what is it the ninety one, is it ninety one like the first G one climax final um, is him and Mudo, and they go like thirty, and it's like an awesome match. And then you know pretty pretty much like pretty soon after that, like any any like ninety four ninety five and on Chono, you see he's he moves a lot slower. You know he's like not a. I mean the that's I mean the next year is when uh, I believe when the fuck is it actually that Austin breaks his neck? Is it ninety two? Is it yeah. Austin? I was gonna say I know he breaks his neck somewhere, and I thought it was in WCW. Um, yeah, so there's there's an injury, and and I don't have anything against Chono, but he's. He's he doesn't mean anything to me, you know. Um, I had seen him, so this is uh, the, the point of this. The, I should get to it. The reason this match is my pick for this episode is not because it's one of the greatest matches of all time, although it is, and it's the greatest match in Japanese history. <laughs> uh, but no, it's because uh, this was the first time I ever saw a King's Road match, like for real, like or, or at least in my head, a proper King's Road sort of match. Um, I must have bought this show. I don't know if this was on a compilation or what, but I, I, I think I just randomly bought this off a of high spot because it was, I was like, I'm going to watch Noah and I'm going to, you know, I was like, mom, can I get this $10 tape? That's this, you know, it's just the, the deal. I'd get like a, a show a month or whatever. Yeah. And, and I chose Noah from high spots and, or, or a compilation. Maybe I'm not sure, but I feel like I saw this pretty soon after it happened because I remember being excited for Masawa Kobashi in March, like two months later. So I think I saw this match probably in February of 03. You know, it would have been 13 going on 14. Um, and it was the first time I, so I'd seen Kobashi versus Hansen in a yeah. very early low resolution, like WMV file. I had that match sure. that I got off of yeah. LimeWire Kazaa. And I'd seen Chono because I had previously gotten, I'd seen Chono in WCW, but I'd also gotten, God, this is crazy. This is going to be so random, but 
I similar to how I bought I bought this random tape that had this match on it. I had also gotten um a New Japan full show that had yeah. that had from 2002 oh. not, not hell yeah. I mean whatever, you know. There's revisionism no, on this stuff no. now. But I thought that shit. It was cool. It's the ah, it's the one, I was there for it. I no, loved no, no. it. It's the one hour draw between Yuji Nagata and Masir Chono. Ooh, yeah. It's not good. It's not. There's good. a lot of good. There's a lot of stuff in that run. I mean, there's him versus China. There's him I versus. I want to say Hogan. that show has Heat versus Josh Barnett or some shit. No, could have been. It's some Heat versus Bar- uh, Boss Rutten. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that, and I remember watching that and being like, this is cool. I don't know who these guys are. But yeah, oh man, I'm losing my voice. This is the COVID vaccine. It's making me clear my throat a lot. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, humble brat. <laughs> it's fucked up. Oh, I've never talked about it. I feel bad every time I mention it. Uh, ah, shut up. Don't be a bitch. It's I cool. I know, I know. It's fucking weird. You're protecting all the idiots who won't do it, too. And How my, about that? And my kids. Um it's my birthday today. So they got the Xbox logo in the ring. Uh, Masawa's got the Spartan X. You know, there's fire. They, somebody's holding fire out there while the Spartan X is playing. That's a good theme. Um, I think Kobashi's probably my favorite Noah theme. I don't know. Ko- I mean, Kawada's theme is the best, obviously. Um, you got a favorite All Japan theme? Uh, Tenryu's. Oh, God, yeah. Sure, well, you're, yeah. <laughs> you beat me. And Jumbos, for that matter. We just got to dig a little further back. Oh, yeah. What a time. Um, so, Kobashi starts, and it looks like he wants Misawa, in theory, because their big match is, like, two months later. Is that... that's Misawa's coming in as the champ, and Kobashi beats yeah. him? Yeah. And that yes. begins the long Kobashi run. Yeah. Like, almost uh, two... Misawa, like, 22 Misawa, months? Yeah, Misawa takes the belt off Takayama after, like... Uh, Taki, we actually can't get Takayama to commit to us all the time, so just fuck it. Just take the belt off of him after yeah, Takayama took the belt off of Ogawa, who took the belt off of Akiyama. They make so, that mistake again later on, like 2010. They can't fucking keep him. and uh, Yeah, they, don't put your belt on Takayama because he's either going to have a stroke or he's not going to want to fucking work every show. Um, he's Because he's going to be have dates with fucking New Japan and fucking Pride. And he'll have actual Pride fights, yeah. Yeah, don't have... Yeah. Yep. Uh very much the lesser of like early 2000s pro s um so yeah the Ch- chono goes in, in instead of of masawa chono is wearing what can only be described as like pleather sweatpants yeah uh, and like pirate boots like he looks he's like he's about pu- to sweep the freaking poop deck over here and he's also got like the uh the weight belt yeah, the weight. Now. i think that adds to the pirateness of it i think he looks like oh little, it's cool it's like a lot of fun he looks like a, his, a gay pirate <laughs> His quarter corset, uh, yeah. He looks like a little gay pirate. Um, his gray hair looks great on him too. I feel like he's had gray hair for more of his career than, you know what I mean? Like more than half of his career. Um, I don't know how dyed it is or whatever, but, um, so this is this match is really the first time I ever saw like a King's Road thing. I think it's the first time I ever saw Masawa, and it's the first time I ever saw Tawe. Okay. And this is pretty standard, like, Budokan main event, four fucking heavy hitters, three of the four pillars, plus an outsider who's famous and, you know, one of the three fucking musketeers, you know. People don't know Chono, yeah. Chono Muto, and Hashimoto, the three musketeers. They all come yes. in the same New Japan dojo class. Um, the crowd is fucking mega behind Kobashi. Like, the, putting the belt on him two months later was the right move and led to their biggest period where they ran two Tokyo Dome shows and they never made more money than they did 
than than they did under under Kobashi. And then they took the belt off and put it on Rikio. And then what's the main event of uh, the second Dome show? It's a non-title match. So yeah. lesson, lesson learned. I think it's Rikio defending against Tanahashi in, in on the Dome show. That's his uh, match. That's the semi main event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the semi main event. Yeah. The main event is not uh, does not have Takeshi Rikio in it. You know, uh, I was going to say the man who killed Masawa, but that's Saito. I always get him confused. Yeah, uh, which, well, no, I don't. I don't get the two guys confused. They're very different. But I always get it confused who did the suplex that killed Masawa, <laughs> which I think about a lot actually. Uh, as a man who used to throw suplexes on uh, other other children without knowing what I was doing, I think I think to myself, "What a wonderful world." Um, it is your birthday, after all. It is my birthday. So Chono hits some Yakuza kicks. You know, I don't know if you know that that's kind of his thing. Ya- Yakuza? Yeah. Yakuza? I, I always say Yakuza. I say it shit. Gargiulo style. Um, Yakuza! Yakuza! <laughs> Yakuza! <laughs> um, this, this starts slow but hot. Uh, it, it, and for me, this is like the perfect intro to this kind of like main event pro rest, you know, this kind of Japanese wrestling with the slow builds and, you know... Um, it starts slow but hot. Um, and there's like, a lot of tension between Kobashi and Shono. Like, there's some cool. They're just like punk, They're just hitting each other like while like rolling in the mountain shit. That's fucking cool. Yeah, they have a good like uh, collar and elbow where they roll around. Like, that's cool. Yeah, I like that stuff. Um, and, and you know, the crowd is hot for it. And immediately, me as a th- as as a 13 year old, the myth I'm told as a child that Japanese crowds are quiet is immediately busted. Like, I immediately know that's bullshit, that's Gabe shit, like, somebody told me that, and they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. They, they, it was uh, it was a white person who said that, yeah, because yeah. Uh, they weren't getting over, like, the box. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, I, Masawa gets in, and honestly, is there an ace in all of wrestling history with a worse look? Like... He just like the the shitty green and his pasty fucking skin. His he's not like an attractive guy. I don't think he's got bad hair. Like Masawa looks like shit. Am I right? That, that's what makes him cool, though. It does kind of make him look cool. I I don't disagree with that. Um, I don't know. He you know he, he I mean, does. He's elbows. always got. I mean, adjusting the pants. It kicks ass. Yeah, he he's got cool mannerisms. It is. I like his elbows. I like the short elbows. I think they always look like they hit hard. Uh, sometimes they look like they hit really hard. Well, you know. He's famous for that, obviously. Um, Tawe uh, and Masawa obviously have a long history. Tawe and Kawada were the team, and Kobashi and Masawa were the team. Um, I think one of the greatest matches, you know, hot take, June 9th, 95. <clears throat> the uh, the match between those two teams, one of the best ever. Um, yeah. I've never seen that Tawe-Masawa singles match from, I, I think, January 95 that everyone adores. Um You've seen, I, I guess, I, I would have to guess you've seen all the big All Japan 90s matches, right? The vast majority of them, yeah. yeah. What, you, what I could find. Tawe versus Masawa from 95. Maybe it's from I remember, I remember, October. I, I remember Tawe, the Tawe and Masawa feud always being fun because yeah. you get the, I don't know, they're uh, just, like, they, you know, they're the two most actually stoic guys. Kawada's not stoic, he's just like a little, he's a little toad man. And Kawada's big moron. Kawada Kawada's playing. He's 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 having fun with it. Kawada's never not having fun. That's that's the thing. Kawada's my but, favorite Kawada is actually my favorite wrestler of all time. Like as much as I talk about Terry Funk or Jerry Lawler, Kawada's my actual favorite wrestler of all time, and that's why I can never talk about him on this podcast. Because I don't know how to express myself when I watch him. But like 
you know, Tawe is so strange. And this is the first time I ever saw him. And imagine me at 13 seeing this guy hit his incredibly, like, lanky, slow enziguri for the first time. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is this guy? I've never seen Baba at this point either, by the way. Keep yeah, that in right. mind. I don't that, know what the template is. Him hitting his fucking uh, Nodawa, uh, you know, the, the fucking chokes. I'm like, what the shit is this? Kind of I think I this? knew that that was the, like, I, I'm pretty sure I knew that they called it a Nodawa Otashi in Japan for some reason. Yeah. That was the name of the fucking chokeslam. And then I this match actually was like, oh, that's what, yeah, okay, sure. I didn't know. Okay. Did he invent that move? I think was my, <laughs> which I don't know. Did he? I have fucking no idea. Um, yeah, he's uh he's great. Tao is great. Uh, Masao is great. He does he does like his little back flying headbutt tope off the second row of like springboard. Like he's he's got his he's spinning lariat and his stupid little jump kicks. Masao is <laughs> adorable. And Tawe has got the baba chops. Tawe versus Chono, by the way, a very natural matchup given that Chono is about as close to Tawe's build as any other big star from the '90s was. Right? Like, not a lot of guys that stand next to Tawe and make him look kind of normal, right? Like Chono's weird because he's a tall guy, but he was never a big guy because he's because so he's so he's gangly to a certain extent. But he now that's more of an, in his youth. At this point, I think he was around two twenty finally, and uh, he's and a little he's more distinguished like, here. Yeah, yeah, and but he's tall enough that and he just has the presence that he doesn't. He just he just plays off of Tawe well, and their shit on the apron, like and on the outside, is fucking great. Oh, the stuff later in the match is great. I mean, I mean, all this, I I like all of it. I like all of it. But when they first get in there together, the first thing that happens is they call her an elbow, and then he grabs a wrist lock, and he holds onto a wrist lock for like twenty seconds, <laughs> and Tawe like sort of fights him back with Baba chops. Imagine me at thirteen. Yeah. Watching this and just being like, what the fuck? Imagine me at 13 when he hits the ugliest DDT ever, but also, you know, looks sick as hell because Chono, like, legit bumps his head fucking into the mat. Like, form is bad. Bump is good. I don't know. I keep looking over and thinking we're not recording, but we are recording. Fucking my birthday is so stressful every year. Um, so, Especially when it goes for a week and a half. Yeah, that's, you know, it's my birthday month. Um, Kobashi does a long stalling suplex on Chono, who is not a small man, and, you know, naturally, me at 13, like, oh shit, just like the British Bulldog. Yeah. Uh, then he does a chin lock, and I'm like, oh yeah, just like the British Bulldog. British Bulldog. Uh, my favorite wrestler from when I was six. Uh, legitimately, 95 British Bulldog, my favorite wrestler. Oh, he whips ass. He yeah, whips ass. so good, so good. Um, Kobashi brushes a Yakuza off and mocks Chono with his big puffy face. Um, and then reverses, uh, he, he reverses a, a, another attempt of a Yakuza kick into a, a half and half. Uh, but Chono flings his leg backwards, catches Kobashi right in his privates, right in the beans. Um, crowd mule boos. kick. Yeah. The mule kick to the nuts. Yeah. Classic. And the crowd boos, uh, they're, you know, Budokan is eaten out of the palm of their hands. Uh, this is where Masawa comes in and hits this little, his little, little kicks, his little Elaine Venice fucking jumping kicks, um, and then we get to the probably the centerpiece of this matchup, which is the the dives. And when I say dives, I mean actual dives from these fucking guys. Um, and they would keep doing them, but in my head, these guys were way older. When I was thirteen and watching these frail, especially Tawe, whose dive comes a little later, um, 
but just it was just baffling to me because these guys look like they can barely walk and they do fucking topes um with a elbow kibashi out of the ring and then a double boot to Tawe. and then masawa hits the the elbow suicida yeah which is the you're yawning again this is interesting we're talking about interesting stuff it is interesting i'm fucking tired i know i'm sorry i'm it's my birthday please don't be mad at me for saying that um he hits the elbow suicida the crowd goes nuts uh and then they go nuts again when they realize Chono's going to do a tope as well. They're going crazy. Chono's tope is like an extremely old man tope. Yeah. And like these guys are not actually that old, especially compared to the Mexican guys, <laughs> like the luchadors that we watch. But when I was watching this at 13, I, was, I, like, I thought these guys were all 75 years old. Like for real. Well, they're I, also fucking bigger. I they, mean, are bi- they are bigger, but they all look so fucking frail. Like I was like, I, like imagine like Joe Biden doing a tope suicide. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically what I thought I was seeing when I was 13. Um, and then Tawe does some stuff. I don't know. He does some nice little boots. Um, he smashes Chono in the nose of the boot, knocks Chono off the apron, and delivers. I don't know if I'd say it's the ugliest tope I've ever seen, um, but it was like close to like David Arquette levels. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of something like worse than this, and it's just David Arquette, and that's the end of the list. Um, he do- he doesn't clear the middle rope at all so he knocks his chono on the floor and tawe does he runs he doesn't bounce off the opposite rope he starts from the rope and he takes these steps that are just like <laughs> i watched the way he, his feet moved a bunch of times it's like he's wearing actual clown shoes and he he doesn't clear the middle rope at all he somehow twists 180 degrees lands on his back on the floor crowd is going nuts 13 year old me is like what the fuck because in my head Tawe is the oldest man alive yeah like look at his frail ass but always my favorite part of the match was Tawe's insane fucking go for broke tope just the way his feet move as he's running across this the ring is insane it's so funny it's the funniest wrestler he's like the funniest main event wrestler of all time i love him so much um and then he's right back up and he's like fucking doing the he does the backdrop into the choke slam and um, I don't know. This match goes on for a while and it's fucking awesome. They walk yeah. the King's Road. You know? And I and then for the first time I got to walk the King's Road. Uh Kobashi fucks up Masao a couple times and I and I keep every time he pins Masao, I'm like, Oh Masao is not gonna get pinned in this match. What am I thinking? Like I bit on something in the last little section there and I was like, Oh Masawa is not gonna get pinned in this match, no way. And then he fucking hits him with his brain buster this like yeah. insane which i mean kobashi has finished a lot of matches with brain busters but you know um there's a tease of an emerald flosion uh, at some point um but he finishes him with this brain buster and it is fully like hashimoto on booker t you know yeah like, well i mean chono the office new japan office isn't gonna let chono job so masawa had to i figured tawe would take the pin i didn't remember well, yeah that's I didn't true who, yeah you always assume tawe is gonna take the pin in a throwaway like i mean this is this is not a throwaway it's a budokan main event but for a budokan main event it's got an outsider it's sort of a setup for like a match from another show it's a building it's a build match yeah, yeah. yeah. um great match not an all-timer but also the greatest match in japanese history you um, know that guy agrees the guy doing the wheelie I don't think that guy's doing a wheelie. Was that Peter that Fonda? Just... That guy, that's not Peter Fonda. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Hopper joining us here on Wrestling is Gross. He's like, 
Uh, I live in a stupid na- neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I fucking told you, right? Or did I tell you? Yeah, like, just a couple days ago uh, at the at my job, like, I'm coming up 69th Street, the main drag in, uh, in Upper Darby. Like, there's just, like, a fucking Meek Mill-ass parade of fucking dirt bikes and dudes on ATVs and shit. And they're nice. just going fast. So that's a real thing? That, that scene from Creed is real? Oh, absolutely. Dude, fucking 100%. That is I don't funny, know. I don't, you know. I don't fucking know Philly. Uh, Philly's fucking wild. That's I mean, that's all you gotta know. You know that. I know Philly's wild. I know it's I know it's uh, you know, it's Greek for the city of brotherly love. Seriously, me and Emily just had this conversation. I don't know how we got on the conversation on the conversation of Philly. It might have something to do with you. I don't know. Yeah, great town, great town. Love to just go catching there the day. babies on like Aguilar. That's my favorite <laughs> news clip of all time. The guy. Oh fuck. I fucking love my city so much. It's a good that's town. That's not even there. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Boom, main bitch. event time from CZW, Night of Infamy, November 17th, 2002. A date that I had memorized. It's John Zandig versus the wife beater in a. <sighs> no rope barbed wire wait, fans. Wait. You'd like to do it? No, go you ahead. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead in a... I don't have I, don't, I was just going to guess. And a no-rope barbed wire, fans bring the weapons, no canvas, I quit match. Okay. Sounds right to me. Do you know yeah. Who, do you know who was there that night? You? And my mom. This is the show. Uh, my, yeah. This is the CCW show that my mom took me to. I remember uh, the story of you making a bat mm-hmm. with your mom, which is an adorable story. I CCW, found it. It's, it's in the match. It doesn't get I'm used, so but, but it's it's there. It's there. And I got a picture of it. I also got a picture of me getting showered by wife beater's chips. Hers and, uh, barbecue gold bag. Classic. Okay, you could. All right, I, I, I was hoping you'd be able to spot it. Um, yeah, when he comes oh, out. Oh, I, if I see wife beater, I'm always gonna try and identify those. Yeah, chips. you gotta do. Yeah, the chip ID. That's your deal. That's like your. It's in your bio on Twitter. Uh, I mean, ironically, <laughs> I mean, I just. I have an entire box full of fucking potato chips just sitting on a goddamn. I just uh, had... amusingly. Just sitting on a, uh, you know, an elliptical machine. Okay. Uh, on a standing bike, uh, just in my uh, fucking uh, foyer Damn. to get in, in the fucking kitchen. That's a great way to live. That's a that's that's there's some real that's miss on sand if I ever heard it. Oh yeah, I mean um, I thought oh I I didn't have because I, I got a lot of soda because I'm just like what the fuck am I spending my paycheck on? I'm just getting soda. Just get soda. I mean, soda from place oh, from uh, from fucking I got some fucking Fago. Uh, Ryan Rock coming. I got some <laughs> burners, classic Michigan shit, and it's literally just under this bike. And it's just like I remember putting it there, and I'm like, "Fucking, this is some ironic shit now, isn't it?" But I don't know the word. I don't know what it means. No, I have no time for that. It's good. It's good. That's that's just that's that's living your best life. I'm happy to hear it. That's awesome. Yeah, I should uh, I should get some fancy soda sometime. I'm a very basic basic soda bitch. Oh, get uh, that get that stubborn uh, vanilla cream. Uh, fucking uh, <laughs> with the goddamn fucking shit in a hat. Did you ever listen to Fizzy Boys, the Chris Gethard and Don Finelli soda review podcast? No. Great show. Great show. Wish it could come back. Son of a bitch. Uh, what um, the fuck? Blue agave. Yeah, blue agave vanilla cream. Delicious. All right. I didn't get. It. You can get it like uh, a twelve pack for like sixteen bucks on Amazon, which is an extremely good deal. Uh, can, we could put a link in the show notes. I mean, that's 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 your call. All right, let's see here. This match: Wife Feeder versus Zandig. 
you can see me. I'm wearing a flannel. It's like an open flannel. I've got a backwards like black baseball cap. I think it's like a Braves cap or something. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, I had a lot of baseball caps when I was 13, and uh, I'm wearing like a flannel over like open over a t-shirt. It's an incredible look. I was definitely dripped out. Um, so yeah, the tack bat. We went to Dwayne Reed. So basically, uh, this was pretty soon after my parents' divorce was finalized, and. Uh, I got really into this, and my mom had, like, a, I don't know, a surplus of money from her parents dying and just a, a sequence of events where we were able to live pretty good for about five years before everything crashed and burned, and then the rest of my life happened. And the rest relatable, of, man. And the rest relatable. of her life. Um, yeah, I think it's relatable for a lot of people. Um, yeah. That's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, anyway. I, I, so I've, I was 13. Um, we, we were in uh, – we, we went to New York. Uh, we were able to get a good deal in New York, and I liked New York a lot because we had went there before. We had gone there before. Um, I've always been a fan of New York City. Um, less now, you know. It's changed. But as a teenager, as a kid growing up, you know. Um, so we went and we stayed there, and I think we stayed – two nights um we just stayed friday and saturday night flew back on on sunday um and we uh, on the ccw fans message board they had set up all these charter buses from yeah. from new york to philly especially when there was a double header this was the ring of honor double header which is the first this is the first time when zandig and feinstein like hugged and they were like we're gonna work together we're gonna make sure this show ends and then you can go to the next show you know it's a big deal it's a big fucking deal yeah um because before that there was turmoil and them running the same area and then of course that would be this was a united effort to combat against XPW. XPW. So a lot exactly. of fucking threads here, obviously. The 2002 indie wars of Pennsylvania are quite the story. There's a lot of stuff happened. Some people had their uh, appendages removed. Um, yeah, so we are there, yeah. and uh, we we I booked that through the through the CCW fans, and it was we left from a mall in Queens, um, which had a little uh, a little. Uh, Middle of the mall. Hell no! Now what mall? Do you remember where this mall was? I don't. I don't. I wish because I did. there's we we know that there's at least mall, there's multiple people who'd be invested knowing where that mall is. Yeah, so I know. Shout should. out to Bad. Shout Max. out to Bad Max, know, of course, and Kevin. I'm sure they both live fucking ten minutes away from there. I don't know. I don't. I don't have any memory of it really. It was a fucking Queens mall, and it had a kiosk and like on the second floor. It was at least two stories, but I think everything is there, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and there was a kiosk that sold indie wrestling tapes through like RF video. Like they had a deal. They had like a, a kiosk in that mall. Yeah. Um, and I remember I bought best of the best two there. Hell yeah. And then I bought more tapes at the show, but you know, um, anyways, this, uh, this was a, a hell of a thing. We, we went to Dwayne Reed in Manhattan, I think on like, you know, 55th street or some shit. Like we were like near central park. My mom fucking dropped way too much money on this shit. Um, and uh, we got a wiffle ball bat and some thumbtacks and some glue, and we glued CZW in letters and um, then put the tax on it, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, if Wax's website, if people don't, Wax, of course, was the photographer, and then future Deathmatch wrestler helped do the the rigging of the fucking meat hook scenes that they did the fucking meat hooks from that Zandig wasn't, you know, the Chris angel shit. Yeah. Um, he was the photographer for many years and had a, whatever, whatever it was, you know, a fucking, 
a, a, a pick bucket or whatever, <laughs> what the fuck, whatever. Uh, and, and he had an imager or whatever, you know, and he would post all those. He would take uh, 500 pictures per show. And somewhere out there, Wax took a really good picture of the bath that me and my mom made. So if anybody can find that, that would mean an actual lot to me. Um, but you can sort of see it in parts of this match. Um, they don't use it. Um, but that's okay. This match is very strange. And that day was very strange. I th- I was 13, but I think I may have smoked a cigarette in that building on that night. I was a, a 13-year-old who would uh, steal my mom's cigarettes. Um. I think I may have smoked a cigarette in that building, which is legal. I think you could, I mean, you think you could be 13 and smoke in that building. I think that was legal, <laughs> but seriously, people smoked in that building at that show. A lot of people were smoking in that building. Um, and this is, uh, this, the copy of this that I sent you, there's no commentary on it. Um, so if, if that matters to you for Gargiulo and house, and I totally understand with the CCW commentators, it might be worth finding another version. Um, but this is all handheld ringside camera and it's just yes. ambient sounds. And honestly, it works so well. It makes this match for me. Um, did you like the vibes? Oh yeah. I, it's dirty, you know, huh? I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I had no interest in seeking out the Gargiulo, the professional version. If when I knew the, Oh, this is the version. Well then that's fine. Yeah. That's great. Well, when I'm I sent it to you, this. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that when I sent it to you. Um, and I, and I, I, you know, I, I realized it like a minute in, and I was like, oh shit, man, we love talking about fucking Gargiulo and House. Plus, it's my birthday. I love to watch a little, listen to a little John House commentary. But that's all right because this is this match is made better by the the ambient sounds of uh, two sweaty, fucking disgusting men, <laughs> like two of the most disgusting people ever, just bleeding and yelling and coughing. <laughs> And this is a fucking gross match. This brings yeah. us back absolutely to the roots. This is the most important match I've ever seen live. Maybe the most important match in making me and in me doing this podcast. This is it. I see it, yeah. This is it. Because I was there. I got the chips poured on me. I got glass fucking fire. And, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing. My mom liked it, too. My mom had a great time, by the way. She loved it. Um, okay. Rest her soul. Four years. She's been dead. I, good lord. Um, so this is. Uh, what did your mom think of Nick Burke? I don't think she had an opinion on Nick Burke, but she liked. She thought Rick Blade's return was funny. Does that, uh, work? Does that work for you? I can. I'm good with that. I'm happy with that. I'll so. tell you what. I'll tell you what. My mom really liked Paul London. Ooh. Because of course she did. I remember that from the Ring of Honor show. <laughs> she really, Paul London versus AJ Styles. I think was an extended part of that. Um, that gauntlet. Something like that. Maybe yeah. It's, maybe it's Paul and Brian. I'm not. Maybe it's both. Who knows? I can't. I'm, I'm never gonna watch this show again. You can see me, and, and if you watch Ring of Honor, <laughs> you can see me behind the the the, the hit squad, uh, really losing my mind. I think friend of the show uh, Trever found that clip at one point. Um, but yeah, big and day. friend of the show Steve Monster Mac is there too. Of course. I gotta get him on one day. Fuck. Anyway, the great. Um, so the, yeah, this match is. It's good. It's. I mean, this is a really good for this type of match. Zandig versus Wife Beater, CZW two thousand two main event. This is a good version of that. Absolutely. Um, this might be Wife Beater's best singles match. I don't think it's Zandig's. I think this might be Wife Beater's best singles match. Um, and it's the tail end of legal light tubes in Philly, and might honestly be the last legal light tube match in the city, in the state of Pennsylvania. Can you speak to that? I don't think that's impossible. I think it's, that might be true. I think it's true. I think this is it. Um, 
I think that was part of the timing of this. Yeah, and it works so well with the, with the ending too. Um, which I I don't know what you think about it. I, th- I oh, I like the ending. Okay, I like the good. ending. We'll get yeah, to it we'll, though. All right, so they uh, they bump around into tubes. I don't know. Mostly dig. Mostly Zandig who takes a bunch of bumps. Uh, he like in. You know, there'll be, like, a fucking bundle against one of the posts. He'll go back first into it. He'll go face first. Like, he takes a bunch of the standard light tube bumps. Um, and we get wife feeder jacking off the light tube. Absolutely, know. bitch. I lo- I'm happy to see it. Great, you know, it's supposed to be Great his last Great clean match. shot of it. Yeah, he always... I'll tell you what. Every time... The swing after the jacking off spot, it's always the most vicious light tube swing he does in the entire match. I've always noticed that. Um, it was great when he did it to Lobo at Best of the Best. It's my favorite one. First time I ever saw he's somebody very get it invig- light tube. He's very he, it invigorates him. He yeah, that's when that's when uh, yeah Matt, Matt Martini is feeling it. Well, he doesn't have a penis, so he screws the light bulb in, he, and that's the only way he can get off. It's great, and you know we support him. Um, he's he gets like an apple crate to the back. All right, he gets an apple crate and crushes it over Zandig's back over some tubes. Love to see the apple crate. Um, food storage containers <laughs> a recurring theme on this show somehow yeah uh beater then there's a there's a they they, they this is not you know some great uh, momentum swingy sort of match it's good enough um but beater ends up taking a power bomb under a huge bundle of tubes that were like attached to like a wire storage rack like a thing you hang off your bathroom door yeah and they just tied a bunch of light tubes to it but it's remarkable to me specifically how well Zandig gets him up for this like how like this is a this is a textbook power bomb <laughs> right yeah it looked great Zandig looks like Kevin fucking Nash in there peak physical and on a big dude on a big man <laughs> on a huge man yeah. yeah never discount the size of the heart of a heart of a marine that's because right <laughs> it's usually enlarged yeah you can't front the heart of a marine absolutely not it's called stolen valor um, is this the peak of Zandig? Is 2002? Let me ask you, what's Zandig's best year? This is the stupidest question. Oh, it's probably 2002, honestly. Probably two, yeah, the Lobo feud. 2003 is good, but I, I think it honestly tails off with the High Five feud in a weird way. Yeah, a lot of stuff does there. Yeah, but the Ian, the IWA Mid South and Ian yeah, yeah, Rod sure. specific stuff is very good. Sure. It's very very good. Yeah, this is his peak. 0203 is definitely the Zandig peak. Um, I think his his best match might be that Necro match. I need to yeah. I need to find that and rewatch that. Um, so I don't know. Zandik has like you know huge bundle of tubes at some point. The cameraman scrambles around the ring to get in position, um, it, which is where I first spotted the the blue wiffle ball bat that me and my mom made. Um, Beater gets draped over the top strand of the wire and takes the potted plant chair shot over the head. We love it. Love That's it every time. His signature bump. You put a, a pot, like a, 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 a ceramic, right? Uh, yeah, ceramic clay, pot. Clay pot on his head. Hit it with the chair. Nobody else ever did that spot. And he did it 30 times. <laughs> it's great. It fucking <laughs> kicks ass. This is one of the best. One of the, he's one of the five greatest American wrestlers of all time. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah. Wife um, Feeder is amazing. Um, the, so there's that. And then he gets his fucking forehead cheese all grated up with a cheese grater. 
that's called forehead cheese. Um, yeah. This is a stop sign shot, and but this entire time, the reason I, I oh that stop shot, sign shot is it, fucking disgusting sounding. I think you hear Max Max say, "I think he might have a concussion." So the entire time that's happening, he's standing on the bat that me and my mom made. Just want to say, oh that. yeah. So that, <laughs> but he didn't use it. He almost grabs it after that, but then gets cut off with a weapon. All right, could you tell what this was? The weapon that leaves something in his back. Oh, that was a keyboard right. with thumbtacks. The man who brought the keyboard with thumbtacks was sitting next to me on the bus from Queens, and we talked about that. Hell yeah. Way. Hell yeah. So his weapon got used while mine got cut off from his weapon. But let me say. In fairness, that's a, his weapon was top notch. Why is that not a standard weapon now? That is That's the, the, really key, the sick. keys come I mean, out and stuck in his back. And the Beater's... keyboard is already great. Yeah, keyboard's Thumbtack's great. great. We, we use keyboards a lot in uh, backyarding because you hit somebody in the head with it and the keys fly off. It's an, an this is a Reese's peanut visible. butter cup in my mind. You know, two great tastes taste great fucking together. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely a that's the Reese's peanut butter cup of the week right there. Yeah. Um, there's a <laughs> after that. Uh, what is it? Jim Hartog, John Hartog, the referee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hartog. Hartog. Why can't I get remember fucking... John? Mike. Mike. I think it's Mike. It's Mike Hartog. You're right. You're yeah, right. Mike Hartog. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's like, picking the keyboard keys out of Beater's back in a great close-up. And Beater says, get all them fucking things out. He says, yeah. he says them. Um, and then they go to that small balcony. Um, Beater gets suplexed on the ground, which means he gets this... Rob Hartog. Rob Hartog. There we go. Nice. I, um, I, I, I did it. I'm like, I'm going to just search it. And then I didn't even I didn't even have to. You just did it. You searched it in I your mind. It. No, I, I knew it in my head. I knew you it in my head. You used Cerebro. It's right? one of the – I always – yes. I always think <laughs> – my, my, the trick in life is if you, as soon as you think you're not going to think of something, you think of it. Yeah, that definitely works. Um, I forgot. I'm dude, not going to remember. Joe Rogan me. taught you that. <laughs> No, I fucking taught that you way. Told Joe Rogan had experience. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is a biter. I, Joe Rogan doesn't know shit about gorillas doing jujitsu. <laughs> he doesn't know shit about the Eddie Bravo Ninth Planet and its impact on the animal kingdom. The man is a fake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was thinking about how much of his stuff I listened to, like just I don't know, like ten years ago. Just how often I listened to him talk to Joey Coco Diaz for like three <laughs> hours at a time. It's amazing that I'm, I don't know, alive. Yeah, I guess. I, oh fuck, it's my birthday today. Um, they do a nice little. Uh, so, oh, all right, so, so all right, I'm getting ahead of myself. The fucking little balcony, the twelve foot balcony over the entryway, not the restaurant away but where you walk into the building yeah at the corner of swanson and retina yeah um the little 12 foot balcony he does like a shitty ugly splash off of there it looked like hell it was great looked like it hurt really bad zandig is a big pudgy man and obviously you know that's a lot of gut hits to splash on yeah well and you know he does he did that spot a lot he did splashes off of high things a lot in his career so mucho respect for him he is the fucking man uh, no disrespect for Zandig ever, and especially not on my birthday. There's some like lazy walking around in this section, and I was like looking for myself in the crowd again. I was like looking for my mom. I was like trying to figure out what my mom wore that day because I knew what I wore. It was like a Led Zeppelin shirt under a flannel because <laughs> like, I wore that every fucking, day. Fucking thirteen year old. I wore it every day. Um, so they get up to the top of the actual crow's nest. There's some light tubes and some tables and whatnot down there. Um, 
they do a nice little reversal sequence, some King's Road. They're doing King's Road, basically. This is yeah. basi- this is basically King's Road. Um, they do the choking bomb. What's the? Is it called the choking Chokenstein? It's Chokenstein, yes. Chokenstein um, off the stage onto the lower stage through through a couple tables and tubes and wire. Assuming everybody remembers when I say from the upper stage to the lower stage, everybody remembers the layout of the ECW arena that I've talked about constantly in episodes 1, 3, 9, 15, and so on and so forth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've talked about it a lot, the layout of the ECW arena. You could probably also hear that on episodes of Remp, which I guess is a podcast that doesn't exist anymore, which is <laughs> too bad. Um, but yeah, this is really quite a solid match. I don't know. The angle at the end um, is great. Um I don't know. I, there's what, what else happens here? There's weed a DVD player. Yeah, the weed whacker. So that's kind of the thing, right? Um, there's a there's a shot. There's a spot where uh, Beater hits hits him with a fucking DVD player or something. In yeah, the head, and like White Feeder sort of hesitates before he hits him with it, uh, which means he knew it was like too heavy to actually hit him with it. Um, and then he hits him with the chicken, the fucking whackpacker Hogan. I don't know what that. That's a guy. I don't know. Yes, he I, was a guy. I, like, I don't know what the... <laughs> I never heard of that guy until he died. I'm just going to say... <laughs> That's probably I, shitty. Nah, I knew about that guy. I think I, I did, too. I just didn't... I didn't, fucking, I didn't know him. I mean, who gives a shit? Fucking, He's fucking super CZW fans. Yeah, yeah fan. I don't, it's weird. It's really fucking weird. Fucking culture is terrible. Every part of... Wrestling sucks. Let's end the podcast. Um... Well, I, I feel fear, like Z-Bar fan. I feel like Z-Bar in general. I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, died of COVID, maybe. Who knows? Um, so there's a mirror with wire on it, uh, something like that. He tries to break it with the chicken. This bloodied up chicken. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then he just fucking yeah, he hits, hits up a chair. It's like, fuck this shit. Yeah, so Max Mac during all this is like, it's time to go home, and he's just yelling outside. He's going wild. He's right next to the camera. He starts up the weed whacker. Or no, he gives Beater the weed whacker. Beater starts it up in the ring. The Weed Whacker, um, it's really something. I mean, I feel like we've seen a few different instances of it that were, like, varying, like, visually varying degrees of believability and just, like, visual payoff. Um, I think, so I remember this, I remember seeing this live and being like, oh my god. I remember the sound of it in that building, which I've, I've actually somehow been to two wrestling shows where they had a fucking weed whacker, but this was a gas one. The one at the Nick Gage Invitational was uh, electric because I saw, because I was right next to Brett Lauderdale while he was yes. holding the extension cable and feeding it to fucking Marcus Crane. Um, but no, th- this was a gas powered and you could smell it. Like it was, it was a whole fucking feeling in that building was the smell of that fucking gas and seeing the lights, the pretty good lighting that they had the you know it, it got more high production but the rafter lights they had in the in the new alhambra arena in 2002 were pretty good and shining down on zandig's back man you see that shit fucking powder up off of his back that blood just yeah. a, just a little mist um like cgi almost looked fucking fake didn't even look real um and then he gets him with a couple of good shots and then max smack which I didn't. I don't think I ever. I, I don't think I had a visual on this when this happened. Originally, I don't think I ever saw Max Mac is like dumping a bucket of salt onto Zandig's back. Yes. As he's getting his weeds whacked, which is insane, and he's covered, says. and the blood is insane. This might be the worst Zandig uh, back I've ever seen. Yeah. 
Like we we've seen worse wife beater backs. Hate Club Dead from July '01 is like the legendary one we talked about on the show. But like this, he looks like fucking hell, and he won't quit. And then we get the the uh, the angle, which is like a shoot, like a worked shoot, right? Frank, yeah, Frank Talent really the worked. Legendary Frank Talent. He had been working for the Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission for thirty years or something, right? Yeah, long but ass time. He's sitting there at the spectrum when fucking Piper and Snooker are fighting, right? Like he's there. Yeah. And he loved wrestling from what I understand. He was he was always like down with it and would love to be a part of the show. And then I don't know how legitimate the law that they couldn't do fucking light tubes. No nobody like where's the handbook on the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission code book like has anybody ever actually like taken a lawyer to this to see if you can or can't break a light tube in the state of Pennsylvania in a, in a sporting event? Do you think yeah. Zandig did it? He has a lawyer, probably, right? It's like it's like Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, God, he's just just Brett Lauderdale, like it's paying Brett... <laughs> to Scott to, for for legal it's... advice for when they run the voltage lounge. Yeah, Brett or call Brett. Yeah. Yeah, I love that they did those <laughs> with no audience. They were able to do like glass in, in the voltage lounge as long as there was no audience. Yeah. What a time. What a time to be alive. Um so Zandig will not quit. Frank Talent basically tells him um if he doesn't quit, then Zandig's never gonna run in Pennsylvania again. <laughs> Is that kind of the sense you got? Yeah. Yeah, so Zandig quits, you know? Because what's more important to Zandig than losing this than than winning this match it's keeping his fucking company it's you know he's a company man above all he'll lose the match he'll he'll even say those those dreadful dastardly words i quit um show himself to be weak and unable to keep going for the good of the company it's very and you know it's for it's his it's for his boy it's for beater you know the man he respects and this was announced as wife beater's retirement match he did come back a year later because you know wrestling um but yeah uh this is to this day i think and i don't think it'll ever be topped the most important match i've ever seen live um and this is the first time i've ever watched it since that night i watched it earlier today and um but i mean all these matches really i fucking i think that's the point i think like if if you're gonna do like i I know you're the stuff you're you're sending for next week when we do your birthday episode i think only one of those is like a real you were 11 and you love this match sort of match, right? Yeah. It's the Hardy. Yeah. Um, which is totally fair. And I watched that match live and I can't wait to rewatch it. I'm looking very forward to watching that match and talking about it with you. Um, but yeah, I think if I, I went for, these are the matches that meant the most to me for my early development and my development as like a backyard wrestler would, would grow from here. And, you know, um, early 2003 when i saw the the noah tag is right when we got the ring and started you know being pretty pretty hard about it being pretty serious running a lot practicing every day playing around making videos um you know this is my this is my these three matches are the the best representation of me from the age of 11 to 14 um that you could find and i'm still you know what a fucking what the fuck man fucking 17 years later i'm recording a podcast about it it's pretty weird anyways <laughs> Bucky, what is it today you know it's hard because you know every year 
last year on my birthday, I think uh, my wife told me she thought she had COVID, and I, yeah. vo- and, I and I voted for Bernie Sanders in the Illinois primary. Um, this year, on quote unquote my birthday, on on the day I record my birthday episode, I got uh, vaccinated from the COVID nineteen Wuhan flu, which is. <laughs> I got I got done. I got did. I got shot up and I'm I don't know. I'm not optimistic for the future at all, but um my birthday's going to be nice. I'm going to I'm going to edit this podcast. I'm going to release it on my birthday. And then everybody can tell me, "Happy birthday." Do you think I'll get me? I hope. Yeah, I'm I, do you have for the, it. Do you have it set set up so the balloons go on your page if somebody goes to your fucking page on your birthday? I don't I don't fucking know how to set that up. I think that's just how it goes. It's just in the settings. It's just you put you put a date of birth in the settings. Exactly. Yeah. Like I I just have mine. I don't have it visible to people who don't follow me, or at least I don't have my date, uh, my birth, my year of birth, because I am I. I because well, you're forty seven. About that. Yeah, you're forty seven years old. Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, I still sound this like this. This is a safe space. Everybody who listens to this show knows you're 47, and they know you're going to be 48. I'm actually, I'm actually an orphan, uh, but like, but I'm, but but like I've posed as an orphan child, but what I really am is suffering from dwarfism, and I plan to murder your family. Uh, <laughs> nice, uh, Vera Farmiga and uh, fucking Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. Is that a that's not running scared then? No, no, I don't. Fu- is it Peter Sarsgaard who gives a shit? Is your answer? And and in running scared, it's Bruce Altman. I can tell you that much. Uh, and and she kills them. Um, no, um, I don't. I don't know. I fucking. I can't believe. Uh, I can't believe the year it's been because it, it really this really does punctuate like a year of of uh, hell. Um, you know, it's not like we're out of hell. I still live in hell, you know, even on my birthday. Your birthday, every day is your birthday. That's the thing of it, though. That's yeah, why you live just in hell. Like, just like Morrissey said, every day is like my birthday, right? And uh, he's just not like Alan canceled. Ve- just like Alan Vega said, Johnny's in hell. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie. Frankie's in hell. <laughs> Frankie's gonna kill his kid. <laughs> All right, I know what the song's going to be. Yeah, I know. I know what the song's going to be. Yeah, R.I.P. Alan Vega, Death to America. Um, Somebody else died that I was sad about. Yeah, well, Sophie. I guess I'm still hung up on Sophie. Someone died, and I feel, or I don't know. I don't remember who, though, so that tells you that. Yeah, that must have not been that important. People die all the time, though. That's the thing. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) 500,000. Death to America, literally. Um, hey, happy birthday if I don't talk to you, okay? Okay. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. <laughs>